0: All right, Jastin, sing me a song that should have been in Wonder Woman
1: 1984. A song that should have been in Wonder Woman 1984.
0: Yeah, like an 80s song. Like something that you think of, like a quintessential 80s song. I don't give a fuck if it's like after 1984. I'm just saying, name an 80s song that should have been in it because there was like none.
1: That's true, huh? Like there weren't any, there really weren't any 80s songs in it, huh? I don't know, man. There's so many good ones. I don't know. Uh, we'll go with that. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, living on a prayer. There you go. That one. That could have been in there.
0: The only problem is, is I think that's a 90s song. I'll get it, though, because it's that spirit. It's Bon Jovi. It might as well be the 80s.
1: Cause, I, I mean, thought that was mid eight, mid or late 80s.
0: I just I thought that that one was later. But like I said, it's Bon Jovi. So even if it came out in 1998 it should have been an 80s song cuz it's bon jovi they only sing 80s song they could have they could write a song that comes out next year and it'd still be an 80s song
2: i just looked it up true. it was in 1986 though so
0: well see there you go justin oh okay all right you got it yep that that qualifies like i said You're though right. you look out though cuz it's bon jovi so
1: true i mean yeah
0: all right what about you heather
2: um i didn't see if this is an 80s song but i'm pretty sure it is um my first thought was i need a hero i'm holding out for a hero in the morning light something like that
0: well i'm looking at you know what i'm talking about okay i (laughs) I want to know that is a song you guys know right
1: (laughs) but he's gotta be strong and he's gotta be fast and he's gotta gotta be be mine i need a need a hero yep
0: what what does it not say when it fucking came out? I'm getting everything but when it
1: came out.
2: Oh, okay, Wikipedia says released in 1984.
1: See? What what what? There you go. Wow, she got the year and everything. So, I will
0: actually give you guys points for those, but I will also preface that with saying both of you are wrong. Okay. Because <gasps> the correct answer should have been Whip It by Devo.
1: <laughs> that uh, that would have been good. Yeah, that would have been good.
0: Like I said, I don't know when that song came out. I know it was the 80s, but that is the correct answer. But you guys did fit it, though. So you get you get points. Each of you. Yay. So that was like our shortest one of these yet. I kind of want to take your points away so we can argue about it or something for like two minutes. And then give them back or something. <laughs> I mean, like we were in and out in under four minutes. That's crazy.
2: Huh. But we are doing two movies,
0: so Well you know since you were so quick at looking it up, Heather, while our intro song is playing, find out when Whip It came out, okay? Okay. All right, here's the intro. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we have another two for you. We are talking about two movies that went to streaming services on Christmas Day with the Disney Plus movie Soul, or I guess it's Disney Plus Pixar Soul. And on HBO Max, we have Wonder Woman 1984. We will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with both those movies. But first and foremost, the most important thing everybody's waiting for, what year did it come out? 1980. So it would have been there. Just saying. Yes, it would have worked. Patty Jenkins, what are you yep. doing with your life? <laughs> Get it together. Uh, so like I said, we will talk about what we like, didn't like and everything in between with both movies. We will go into a non-spoiler section, give our recommendations and scores and then go into a more spoiler centric section afterwards. And we are going to start it all off with Pixar's Soul. Heather, what are your thoughts?
2: Non-spoiler thoughts on Soul. Um I really really liked this movie. Um I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I rarely expect to like the animated films I like as much as I do. <laughs> but this was great. It had a very um inside out feel to it and Inside Out is probably my favorite Pixar movie. So it it really gave me all of the same types of like vibes and you know uh, just that same feel from Inside Out, which was, uh, it was really nice because I think that, you know, it was a very, um, I guess, more profound thinking type of Pixar movie um, in a lot of ways, something that relates even more to adults than it would even to younger people. And I think Soul did the same thing. Uh, it it covers a lot of different, um, just really deep, kinds of topics and issues and it did it in a really good way where you're you're hopeful and you like what's happening and you know you're following this fun silly story but you're also you know it, it makes you think at the same time and I I just think it it was really well done um uh, this one resonated with me a lot in some certain ways. And so I really, um, I think for that reason is also why I lean on the liking it a lot side of it. Um, I think the cast was great. I think they were just very clever with, um, you know, how they, how they name things and how the world of where these, you know, souls and everything where they're at, just how all of it works together and just kind of the, the system and the flow and the rules they have, like it's just very clever and well put together. And um, the music is really cool. All of the music um, in the film is really, really well placed and just really good music. So um, overall, yeah, my, my overall opinion is it's just a very heartfelt, warm, and just a very good Pixar film.
0: Justin, what about you?
1: All right. So, yeah, as far as um you saying that it drew vibes to inside out, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that just as far as just some of the um more adult or underlying themes that are in the film and just some of the the messages that it has at the end which I just thought that the message was very beautiful. It's thought provoking and, and and these are the kinds of uh, Pixar movies I like the most now, although I mean, pr- pretty much I like all of them, but there are a few that I love and that I consider alike top-tier Pixar. And uh, and like Heather said, Inside Out is definitely one of those that I consider uh, top-tier Pixar. And I believe that this is another one to add to that list. I think that when it is all said and done, well, I don't know about that, because how many more movies are they going to make? So I don't want to make that guarantee. But I definitely think that right now, at the current moment, yeah, I'll fix that. Right now, at the current moment, when you look looking at all of these Pixar movies and where they rank, I think that this is going to be one of those top tier ones. Like, who knows where it goes? And I mean, uh, you'll debate... With people for days on which one is the best one? Is it Inside Out? Is it Coco? Is it Wall-E? Is it one of the Toy Stories? Is it one of the? Is it The Incredibles? Whatever, you know. Sometimes you talk to a different person, you're going to get a different answer. But I think, like in that top five or six, seven, those top few Pixar movies, I really don't see how this one doesn't make it in there with those. Like, it's, to me, it was that good. Whether, I don't know if it was just, you know, 2020's just been, ugh, that's the best way I can say it. And I don't (laughs) know if maybe this just hit the right notes in me. And sometimes I think that's what it is, too. You tend to probably rank these Pixar movies based on how they connect with you. And boy, did I see a lot of myself in this character. Joe, I just really did. And I mean, not to get into too many specifics, because this is non-spoilers, but man, I really just connected with this and the message about purpose and life's meaning and finding your spark and all of these different things and, you know, working for a big break. I mean, all of those things, uh, just resonated with me. So this definitely was a story for me, but it wasn't just a story for me On those philosophical elements. Uh, this is a story with black people. Um, so it felt like a story there for me too. It was people that looked like me. There was uh jazz music, you know, black uh, culture and the history surrounding jazz music and what it means and everything like that. And you know, we got a little uh, into a little of this with the whole Ma Rainey review that we did. So not to rehash all of that, but. a a lot of that is used to tell the story here Um, now I'm not a New Yorker by any means but I have gone there a few times and made some visits there and everything like that and I loved all of the love that it kind of gave to New York all the homage that it gave to that Uh, just some of the the set pieces and just uh, the what they did with um, animated New York and talking about different streets and d- different parts of the city and making jokes about it, you know, whether they were joking about some aspect of it or a team or this or that, or whether they were just showing you parts of New York. I just think it really did that well. So that kind of love and attention to detail, that's a big one that I come back to to this movie. It's just there was a lot of attention to detail and you, you can just, with any Pixar movie just about, you can just tell that there is Um, a love and there is a you just feel like there's a real care that goes into these projects and this is just another one that really brought that out and the last thing I'll say is just the animation of this there are parts of this that just looked jaw-droppingly beautiful like I mean just the detail in some of the instruments of the street corners brick walls just different things like that uh Music is a very integral part of this. So some of the details in the characters and their fingers as they're sliding across piano keys or, uh, playing, um, you know, a, a, a trombone or whatever it is that the instrument that you see, like there are just so many moments in here where the animation is just so Great to look at. And even when you're talking about uh, kind of the, uh, the 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 great before world that we're in and all of the abstract concepts and things like that. And I love how they used all of those different shapes and the look of it to tell that story. So all of it was just such an integral part of this. So, yeah, I think that uh, overall, I definitely enjoyed this. I definitely thought that this just hit all the right notes for me, especially because I saw it uh, after uh seeing Wonder Woman 84. So I felt like if this is like the last film that I saw for 2020, as far as 2020 releases is concerned, man, this was the right note to end it on. And I, I just left it so I was thought I, I was thinking about things. I was inspired. I was, you know, it had me reflecting upon elements of my life, and I mean, it, it gave me those same feelings that Inside Out did. So yeah, I definitely uh, um, enjoyed this movie, and I think that there's enough here material wise where kids even on a surface level, could enjoy this too. There are a lot of funny parts. There are a lot of gags. The voices are entertaining and people sound funny or and interesting. And, and I think that uh it was just another classic uh, Pixar movie, being able to bridge that gap between the young and the old and have something for everybody.
0: So was that pun intended when you said right note to end on?
2: I was wondering that, too.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> pun
0: intended. Yes. I was just like, Justin, you're leaving me hanging. I need to know if that pun was intended or not. <laughs> um, I'm very glad you brought up something when it comes to these Pixar movies, Justin, with essentially how they like emotionally resonate with you. You know, when you have something like a like an inside out or uh, a Ratatouille or a WALL-E or even going way back in the day to like an original Toy Story, you know, that that's one of the things that makes Pixar movies special is the fact that they can emotionally resonate with you. And like that's what can kind of amplify the 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 effect of watching a Pixar movie. And like when it comes to Pixar's soul, like all I really have to say about it is fuck this movie did not resonate at all with me. Like at all. And with that, and with what you were saying, Justin, with, with with what I was adding to it, when they don't resonate with you, like fuck, they can fall flat. Like, and so to me, it's one of those things that it's hit or miss with that stuff because without that emotional resonance, it just kind of feels like another fucking thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not thinking this is like cars, you know. This ain't cars, <laughs> this sure as fuck ain't cars too. But, like, <laughs> this is not up there for me at all. I mean, I'd put it above good dinosaur. I only saw that fucker like once <laughs> but like i don't I don't know this movie did not resonate with me at all. in fact, a lot of the things in this movie I don't like when it comes to the themes of some of the stuff. I don't like it like those aspects of it and I'll go we'll go more into it in spoilers. those are the kind of things that Actively make me not like something, you know. Well, I do agree with Heather. Like the the jazz music's good, you know. I I like I've talked about multiple times. I do like blues more. I'm more of a blues person. But but the jazz in this was good. Oh, with what Justin was saying, the animation, the animation in this is some of the best you will ever see. Whether or not you when when you get the the abstract uh images when it comes to the Jerry's and the Terry's. Or the Terry, the single Terry, but the other Jerrys. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the way they animated the, the humans, I thought was really fantastic because you've got an animated look to the characters, but a really nice use of texture when it comes to the skins of the people and the clothes and the hair and, and the like even like the, the the settings when it comes to like the the, the sidewalk. And the brick and everything like that, like everything had a nice texture to it, which would typically be uh, like less detailed because it's an animated movie. You know, you just kind of give it a, a glossy look, but you could tell there was a lot of painstaking detail done with this animation. But when it comes to the, the thematic elements of this movie, I could fucking care less or couldn't care less. And when it comes to the strength of a Pixar movie, yeah, that can take a lot out of it. You could see all the technicalities and all this and that, and it's great and all, but it still doesn't mean I like it. To me, this is the best sounding, most beautiful movie I could fucking give a shit about. <laughs> and that's a weird, weird feeling when it comes to a Pixar movie. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. Uh recommendations and scores? Yeah. Uh Heather, go. I
2: recommend it. I um I mean if we're if we're talking outside of the classic, you know, like Toy Story and all of those, this is up there for me. It's definitely I would say probably in my top three. And it would be right along there with like Inside Out and Onward, because I really enjoyed Onward as well. But um I I think it has a, a really great message. I think it's a really um I think it, it's got an important message. I think it's one that almost a lot of people at least really They've asked these same questions that they ask in this in this movie, and they've dealt with a lot of the things that is dealt with in this movie. And I, I just really appreciate that they did that in a Pixar film. You know, it was it was really well done. I definitely would recommend it. And and it is funny that um you know Justin talks about you know how much how much you um are like the character Joe. I feel like I'm a lot like 22, who is the other character, the main character. So I just, yeah. So I, that's the one that I, I feel like I lean towards. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I just feel like there are a lot of different aspects of both of these characters or in uh, other characters, maybe too, even in this film that people can kind of be like, I've been there before, you know? So I, I just think for that, I, I love how they tried to make it relatable to a lot of people who have questions and want answers and things like that. And, um, I, I just, I, I thought it was really well done. So for me, I think it is, I think it's definitely a, a, like a must watch. And that's coming from me who again, animated, not my thing, but Pixar's doing their thing lately. So <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, Yeah. So I definitely recommend it. I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it, I'll give it 80, um, snazzy blue jazz suits out of a hundred.
0: Justin, what about you?
1: Oh, right. So, um, yeah, I definitely, uh, recommend this as well. And I'm kind of in the same camp as Heather, uh, I think that this was a beautiful story. I think it's very resonant and relatable to a lot of people, uh, Definitely was relatable to me, but I know just, just thinking about people in my friendship circle or in my family and things like that. And I just saw a lot of them in these characters. And like Heather said, a lot of those questions that it presents and the things that it tries to give you to walk away with are just very meaningful things beyond just it being an entertaining movie or it having great animation or it having, it has all of those things. Every Pixar movie, you know, you could argue has all of those things. But anytime something, you know, tries to say something meaningful that tends to relate to Life and kind of this journey that we're all on in some sort of way, shape or form. I just tend to lean towards those movies and this is definitely one of those. So if you're that kind of person, uh, I definitely recommend it. It's a good family movie. I think that even on the surface level, uh, kids will enjoy this. So of course, if you have those, I definitely, uh, recommend this is just an easy pick up and watch and everything like that. Um, you know, uh, for the argument of representation in movies and stuff like that, especially, uh, y- you know, this one, uh, kind of, uh, having the black people and talking about black culture. And y- you know, this character, there's even a-, a part where this character visits a barbershop and there's a conversation that happens there that I thought was great. Uh, we've all talked about the details and the characters. Well, one thing that they nailed was just the look of black hair on people and just those textures and those unique looks that you kind of see in black civilians and stuff like that. It was nice to see that aspect of it even represented well so uh yeah I, I so i just think that this is this is good for a, a lot of reasons and yeah i do consider it one of pixar's best movies this will run away with the best animated movie of the year for this year um and yeah, so yeah, I think that this is, you got to see this one. If there's any 2020 movie release that came out this year, um, and you haven't seen it, and if this is on that list of things you haven't seen, you gotta watch this one before your year is up. This is the, this is a great pick me up, uh, to start 2021. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 95. Uh, New York rats trying to uh, get away with a slice of pizza out of a hundred.
0: Now, with what I said earlier, I do get why other people would like it. I do get why these themes and aspects of this movie will resonate with other people, but they didn't with me. And with the importance of that in a Pixar movie, it carries too much weight to not be taken into account when it comes to this movie and how I feel about it so with that in mind and knowing in a little bit I will expound upon that more with spoilers I will say I'll kind of cut this movie in half I guess um, I'll give it uh, I'll give it 50 50 Joes in a cat out of 100 and I really do want 50 Joes in one cat <laughs> I think that would be fun um, so spoilers? Yeah. Yes. Um Maybe it's because of my own personal spiritual beliefs. Uh with without expanding upon those too greatly. Um kind of belonging to uh what people might uh safely call somebody like me as a uh just a non-believer. A lot of the things in this movie tend to fall a little flat in some regards to me. Uh the idea of a spark, the idea of a purpose, the idea of preordained personality traits, the idea of having to realize you only have one life, so you know enjoy the little things uh the idea that you have to make an a, or that the idea that like somebody feels the need to make a greater impact on on people like don't really resonate with me in a lot of ways. I, I don't really think that somebody has a singular purpose in life. I don't think that life is a hunt for that. I don't feel like to be an actual contribution to society. You have to, you know, greatly impact it in one way, shape or another. Uh, The idea that, you know, you only have the one life. So take it like, you know, enjoy all the small things. To me, it's kind of a, well, no, duh, like a no fucking shit type of mentality, like or a sentiment within me. Like, yeah, we this is all we got. Like, take advantage of it while you're alive. Um, the idea, like I said, of the preordained personality traits, I really do not like that idea. And I know it wasn't necessarily a big deal in this movie, but to me, it kind of was because a lot of the time spent in the the before or whatever was you know one of the jerry's arbitrarily just telling souls like 12 of you go to this personality trait and get some aspects of that and stuff like that more or less like i said preordaining uh what your personality is before you're born or before you experience anything uh the idea that you know so you before your life can begin that you need a like that you have mentors to inspire you to then even want to live uh kind of sends a weird mixed message that slightly contradicts the rest of it, especially whenever one of the Jerry's is like, oh, yeah, your purpose isn't your spark, you know, like, oh, you just don't understand. Then, like, why have the mentors like I I feel that that's contra- like a contradictory type of statement type of thing? Uh Well, I did appreciate other aspects of this movie. I feel like a lot of those elements were kind of some core themes going throughout this movie. And just none of it resonates with me. In fact, it's like some of those things are very off-putting to me. And so with those being kind of some central ideas in this movie and being off-put by it, it's very hard to connect to the other aspects of this movie. You know, I feel and then <sighs> I also feel that they took some of the lazy ways like out With some of these things. Uh, And I mean, maybe it's like taking some of this stuff for granted, being alive and whatnot, and being a real person. Just the I feel like it's a tiring trope when it's like, oh, to experience the best of humanity or what it's like to be alive. It's like, oh, you got to listen to music. Oh, you got to walk. You got to eat food. Like, I just I feel like those are tired out tropes. Like, I feel like you get other versions of that when it's like, oh, like, like something like Encino Man, where it's like, oh, this caveman was frozen. Now he's nowadays. Oh, we have to show him what music is. We have to show him what, what food is now and stuff like that. And like I said, maybe it's me just taking those aspects of life for granted and how much that would impact somebody who has never actually experienced something like that. But I don't know. It just th- that doesn't resonate with me anymore in 2020. Like, that's a very tiring trope to me. And and maybe it's not for kids, especially, you know, because at heart, this is a family film. So it's meant to be enjoyed by parents and kids and everybody in between and everything like that. So maybe the idea is that trope isn't played out for kids, but I'm not a kid. So that trope can be played out for me. Uh, I will say this. I, I like the fact of what's his name? Moonstone or Moon Dream or whatever the fuck that bearded guy's name was guy voiced by graham norton uh
2: yeah i think it was moonstone
0: yeah something like that i like the fact that his his little ship was modeled after the imaginary friend in inside out the little elephant guy
2: oh yeah i didn't even think about that
0: yeah the ship was kind of designed like that like to look like an elephant Moon, thing. wind sorry yeah, that yeah that that, that that thing you know i i mean for the most part i like i like the vocal performances in this and and stuff like that. I thought they were all kind of fitting. But like I said, a lot of the key central themes for this movie, just they're lost on somebody like me. But I i mean, I'm not so insanely jaded that I can't understand why somebody else wouldn't find those profound or wouldn't find those messages that resonate and all those aspects of things. It's just like I said earlier in my, my non-spoiler section, when it comes to a Pixar movie if it doesn't emotionally resonate with you to some degree, you really feel that absence of it because you've seen so many of them that have. And when it's not there, you can really notice it. And it's, it becomes very hard to not for a lack of a better term of something I've already said, get jaded with it. You know, like maybe I end up presenting this movie more because I have seen so many people comment on it and you guys have talked about it and all this other stuff of how impactful this movie was about how it did emotionally resonate with you. And when it doesn't, it ends up ringing so hollow. And maybe that does make me slightly envious of the fact that it didn't, but honestly, I can't do anything about that now. I can't change it. I can't make myself feel emotionally connected to this movie, especially like when I, like I said, certain aspects of it really, struck the wrong chord with me
2: pun intended
0: that was actually pun unintended i did not mean that but i'll <laughs> fuck it take it um but yeah i just it yeah, just didn't didn't do it for me that's the most succinct way of putting it just didn't do it for me uh justin i guess
1: your turn cool so it's just some of the to talk about just some of the things that uh I enjoyed about some of the concepts um what I thought was really interesting about the uh the the great before as they called it concept was I just loved this whole idea that everything was just sort of abstract so that the person so that the person looking at this could comprehend it but Although these, these, uh, these abstract beings or these things have these voices and shapes and different things like that. I just loved how all of that was really just an illusion based on what they thought these souls before they ventured out to bodies and to life and everything before they could comprehend it, uh, this was the form that they took. This was the voice that they had but 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 none of them are definitively male, female uh, all of these things they they're just. Imitating those things or projecting those things so that all of this can happen. So I thought that that was neat. I I liked how the film didn't say, "Okay, these the great beyond is a heaven or that this is a purgatory or there's a hell where people are going. I like how it didn't. I liked how it remained abstract in those ways. It didn't try to, I didn't feel like it tried to push a religious agenda to it or say that, look, this is something that like these things are going to heaven or anything like that. They didn't get too much into that. They really kept it, I thought, as abstract as possible. And I thought that that was, that made it fun. You didn't have to think about all of that stuff or what is it really trying to say? They really kept it in a neutral place that I thought worked great for, uh, this movie. Um, as far as the, uh, preordained, uh, or, or these personality traits. And, um, you know, there are these ones that are randomly attached to your soul and stuff like that. I don't know. I thought that it was kind of a neat concept and it does kind of raise the question of, okay, well, where do, where do you think your personalities come from? And and of course, you know, there, there's the thing of, well, your personality comes from your experiences. But even when you're a baby, even when you're a toddler, you know, even toddlers show personality traits. They react to things differently than other babies. They may be, they may have certain things about them. And, you know, parents comment on these things all the time. Well, this baby is... Um, You know, when I play this music, it soothes them. Or when I uh when they when, when this happens, this baby gets excited. You know, there are these kind of innate things that we kind of don't know about. We can't put a finger on it. But but they are, but they do just encapsulate who we are. You know, there are these things that I think are unexplainable. Why do we, you know, how can two people experience the same phenomena, but then react? In completely different ways. Grow up in the same household, but be completely different people. This, that, and the other. You know, there are all, yes, there are all these other variables that happen where we experience an earth, but sometimes there are those things too that you just can't quite describe. There are those feelings that you have and you don't quite know where they come from. Y- you know. And of course, the jury is still out on exactly what the truth is about everything that makes us who we are. So this to me was just a funny thing like, okay, they're basically these souls are put into a machine this machine, this one is self-absorbed people, this one is this, this one is this. I, I just found it funny and I just thought that it was an entertaining concept and uh, I, I didn't take it as offensive or it was trying to say my personality is preordained. I just thought that the movie was just having fun with the idea of how a soul Soul, a person's soul is manufactured, which is another conversation in and of itself. Do we actually have souls, this, that, and the other? So they kept it abstract and they kept it like, okay, what these things do is they ready these souls to go to earth and then connect and have their own experiences. And of course, that person connected to that soul is going to react based on what their life experiences are and stuff like that. So I found the concept kind of neat and fun. I didn't look at it and go, oh, well, uh, this is not true or this is uh not what I think it is. I just... Kind of went with the concept. So, you know, that was just kind of my thoughts um on that aspect of it. And then the whole thing about a spark. I, I really love that because. The, the movie kind of puts it out there. OK, so, yeah, you have all these kind of innate core things about you. And that was another great thing I thought that was in this movie, too. There was that part where Joe and 22 are having that conversation. And he was like, well, why don't you just give me your personality badge? And every time 22 tried to hand it to him, it would go back to 22 or 22 would burn it and it would just come back or 22 <laughs> would cut it up into little pieces and it would come back. And no matter what she or or what 22 did, there was no way to get rid of those core things that 22 was. And to me, that is what that was trying to say. There will always be these core things that you are, these things that make up your personality. And no matter how hard you try, you're not never going to get rid of those things. There are just certain parts of you, of your personality that make you. And those things are going to be a constant. Sure. You might change your behaviors based on those. You may perform some different actions, but that personality is you and you're not going to destroy that. You're not just going to get rid of that. That is you and nobody else can have those things but you. So I thought that that was a very powerful statement it was making, made simplistic by just these funny things that were happening in the movie. And, you know, the kids are laughing because the badge keeps coming back. But I just love kind of the deeper message that was there about those core things that make you, you. And then the whole thing about a spark and, or or in, or in this case, passion is what they were talking about with the spark and how that passion Or spark relates to your purpose. And I just loved that message about the fact that, um, your, your spark or your passion doesn't have to be your purpose. You, you know, you may have a passion. You may have something that you go after, like our main character in this. Joe, you know, you may have something that is a passion and you may think that that is your reason for living and that is your purpose and everything like that. But the movie kind of warns that if you're too obsessed with those things, if you think that that is all there is to your life, that can consume you. It can be very unhealthy and you can essentially lose your way or lose sight of all of the other aspects of your life that also have purpose. And I think that was the beautiful thing about the film. It wasn't so much saying that appreciate all the little things. I feel like it was just a little bigger than that. What it was trying to say is that, you know, you may think that these passions or these things that you're going after, these goals or whatever the case may be, that that gives you purpose. But every aspect of your life is purpose has purpose because that is the construct of who you are. All of it, whether it was that time you sat down and ate a pecan pie, the way you tasted it, the way you processed that, the way you thought it was good or bad, that is unique to you. Nobody has that perspective but you, the, the time you sat down on the beach and put your feet on the, on the wet sand, the way you felt that, the way you processed that is very unique to your perspective. It wasn't saying all the little things are important. It was saying everything that happens to you is important. To you has purpose to you, good and bad, you know, and I just love how the movie tackles that. Like when she was like when 22 was like, well, when that subway guy yelled at me, that was uncomfortable. I didn't you know, that was crazy. That guy yelled at me but I kind of like that too. I like the way that this tasted. I like that this and that and the other. And I like these simple things. And so you have this character who kind of didn't have a reason to live, didn't want to live in that world, didn't kind of want those things, kind of finding A, you know, finding that spark and getting to experience uh, some of those things. And even though it didn't feel like this big monumental purpose or anything like that to Joe, because Joe's life was all about, oh, my purpose is in my music. My purpose is in my passion. But what he missed was all those aspects of my life make me who I am right now, all of those things that maybe I overlooked because I was so worried on this, or I was so fixated on this one aspect of my life. What I neglected to see is that all of those aspects make me who I am. And, and in that way, that you, that means your life is has purpose. It's the living that is where the purpose is. It's not the Things that you try to do or the passions that you just try to have. It's all of those things or like the barber guy that was significant too, because that barber wanted to be a veterinarian. But what, but what did he say? I wound up, you know, I got out of the Navy. It wasn't working out. Child was sick. So I became, uh, a barber. And what did 22 immediately think? Oh man, so you have to settle for being a barber. You're not happy. And what did he say? No, nah, man, I'm as happy as can be because yeah. I didn't get to help people as a veterinarian, but I still get to help people. I still save lives, man. People come in this, come in this place, in this barbershop. And that's something, you know, if if you black, you know about that barbershop experience. You know, that's one thing that uh, I can attest to. You know, you know about that. You go in, it's comfortable. It's kind of a place to to talk and meditate and things like that. And then you make people look more confident so they can go out the door and everything like that. So he found that same happiness and that same purpose, uh, even though that was not his passion, he still found the purpose in it because the purpose was really about him interacting with people and him helping people, not so much about the passion. The passion doesn't make your purpose. That's only a part of you. That's only some of you. That passion is only a one aspect of you, but it's everything. It's all of those experiences that you have had that make who you are good and bad. They have purpose because that is your unique perspective. They make those core values uh th- that make you who you are. So that just really spoke to me as somebody who... At times, especially with wrestling and just some of the things I've wanted to do, I've been this joke character. I've been that guy that's like, man, I gotta do this. And this is what I was meant to do. I've, I've loved and watched wrestling since childhood. And I can attest to that. I have missed out on a lot of things because of trying to pursue that, of trying to pursue wrestling and trying to pursue this. And, this definitely made me kind of sit back, reflect and go, damn, dude, you know, uh maybe I have looked at this wrong. Maybe it's not the end all be all. If I don't do this, there are still ways that I can tell stories, even if it's not in a ring, there are still ways that I can entertain people, but don't over always overlook and miss out on all the other things that make that, that are meaningful or purposeful in your life or just like Joe and his students, right? Like the one student that got him the gig with Dorothea that got him that music gig. What did that student say? The only reason why I stayed in school was because you were, you were the teacher and you taught me. The only reason yeah. why I even kept up with these classes was because of you, Joe. And this character, Joe is so oblivious to the meaningful things he was doing in his life with these students, with everything like that. He didn't even realize that how, purpo- how meaningful that was, that that kid made it to that Dorothea tour and everything like that and invited him and everything. But that happened because he was a teacher and he didn't even realize that, you know, and, and that, and so that's, I think, is such a great point because, I mean, I think that if you're just any human being and you're being honest with yourself, you've been this person. You've done something where you were focused on something so much and you just thought, oh, that's my purpose. That's why, that's my reason to live. No, man, you are living your life. You, you know, all aspects of it are make you who you are. Uh, all of those aspects make you you. So all of it has purpose. Your purpose is not in this thing. That's a passion. But that's not all you are. That can't define who you are. And I just thought that that was uh extremely profound. And I just like the fact that you had a character on one side who was struggling to find a reason to live. All that negativity, all those bad things happening was not seeing the reason to live life. And then on top of that, you had another person who thought that life was just about this one thing. So I like how they found that 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 gap was uh, found in each other, and, and so that's why that movie just really, really resonated with me. And just uh, it, it really just oh, and just to quickly comment on my favorite scene, I'll let Heather go. I feel like I went a long time, but man, that scene where Joe sits down at the piano in his home and he sees all of the things that twenty two. Kept those souvenirs that yeah. that he kept while he was on him, and like it was excellently crafted because. And see, this is what me what what it means by a, a, a good. Uh, this is what makes a, a separates a good movie from a great movie. Sometimes just they didn't have to say anything. It was just that piano and the way he was playing and the music was perfect. And then you saw all those things laid out and Joe started to reminisce on other aspects of his life that were meaningful, that those moments had purpose too. Those people in his life, that they have purpose too. And it was just Understanding that and seeing all of that and then understanding that 22 needs to live too. 22. That's what it was. That's what the spark was. It wasn't that it wasn't a passion or anything like that, but it was just that. 22 found a willingness to live. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to find it in eating. That doesn't mean you're going to find it in leaves or um, because you're on a street corner or because you saw a guy singing in the subway train. But what it does say is that, you know, all of your life, those life, your life experiences ultimately make you who you are and who you are. That's what makes – and who you are, that's the purpose of your life. Those events make you who you are, and that's what gives your life purpose. Not this one thing, these two things, or this thing that you think is your passion or something that sparked you or inspired you uh in your life. So, yeah, I just thought that all of that was beautifully done.
0: One quick thing before, Heather. See, Justin, when you were talking about like every person, if they're honest – and all this other stuff, what you fail to realize is some of us are chronic underachievers. <laughs> and we really don't worry about that shit. I'm just saying. Things like that. Well,
1: what do you mean by the chronic underachiever? But that
0: well, even if you
1: that whole like as like you
0: were talking about like that 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 finding that passion or finding this and that like you're you're finding a purpose and or like searching for it, you know, stuff like that. Now some of us don't do that. I've never really searched for one passion. You know what I mean? Like I've never had just like one thing I needed to be passionate about. I I feel like there are times I can artificially create passion on top of that. Like, you know, I could be playing a board game at Connect 4 and I will be the most passionate motherfucker about that one Connect 4 game. And then the next one I could not care about. Uh like when it comes to like looking for a purpose or that in those aspects of life and stuff like that. I don't know if I've ever really done that. I mean, maybe when I was younger with like weird delusions of grandeur or something, but like outside of that, no, I don't really like search for those things. Like I don't search for one thing to be passionate about. I I feel, you know what I mean? Like, and and I'm not saying that like, it's one of those things that like, we do this podcast, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, I don't, like, put my all into this podcast. You know what I mean? But, like, I can put the same amount of energy that I put into this into ranting about why I don't like McDonald's toys. I don't. And that sounds really weird because we do this every week, and it's like, why do this every week if you don't feel that way? I'm just saying, like, to certain people, it's, it's a different thing, you know? you can care about something you could want something to succeed you can work hard at it you can put your all behind it but you could also say that that's not your only passion and that doesn't take away from what that is either you know what i mean does that make sense
1: yeah mhm i think i get that aspect of it but what i meant when in that little part that i was talking about it i don't think i was necessarily talking about just the people who Are passionate about a goal or passionate about this thing? Or, I mean, have you ever just been so focused on something that you overlooked other aspects of your life or other things in your life that was important? It doesn't have to be so much like, Oh, I'm going after this job or I'm going after this passion thing. But what I think. the the bigger thing is, is that we will focus our attention and we will put so much time maybe into something that we miss these other aspects that maybe we were taking for granted or not paying attention to. And to me, honestly, that is everyone. Everyone does that. You know, it may not be a so much like, oh, a passion, like I'm going for this thing or I have this goal. But everyone sometimes puts their time and energy into something, whatever that is, even if it's a passion at the moment, still a passion. But you put your time and energy and effort into something that you care about, whatever word you want to use here, And maybe you forget about these other things that are meaningful in your life on the back end and don't appreciate them as much. And the movie is just saying, hey, don't do that. Find that balance. Find that balance between all of those things. And I think everyone needs a balance, no matter who it is, you know?
0: See, all right. I remembered halfway through why I came up with the line about chronic underachievers. Because when you first said it, I thought of the line, but then you went longer than I thought, and I kind of lost the point of why I thought of that specific line. And that's because you were saying, like, being so focused on something, you miss out on other important things, or you miss out on other aspects of life. That's where the whole chronic underachiever thing comes from. Because I can miss out on those things for shit I'm not passionate about. More or less meaning... I can just underachieve shit and still forget things and ruin shit. and Miss big stuff. Very good at that. That's what I meant by that. I just forgot why I thought that. But the line was still in my head. Do you know what I mean? I thought of the line. I was like, man, that's a great line. But then I forgot why I thought of that line. And it was very much into that one point you made. Is that I can miss shit without being passionate. And I'm proud of that.
1: (laughs) Cool. But. Yeah, but I just wanted to be clear about what I thought this message was. I just don't want people to think that what this movie was trying to say is is that everyone is like this or that. You know, this only applies to people like that. This, to me, is just more about finding that balance. They they didn't say a passion is bad or good. They didn't say that Finding the the enjoying the simple pleasures in life of bad or good. What I think it was saying is that any of this, if it is focused on too much, if you put all of your purpose into that, whatever that is, even if it's into being an underachiever, you can miss without a balance. You can teeter over. One way or the other. You could become obsessed with this and never come and, you know, and then, uh, and then you could be lost in that way. You could be too overly like this and never really have any direction. There's danger either way. So it just wants to find that balance. You, you have to appreciate all of those aspects of your life to, to really live. You know, otherwise you may not truly be living if you're too focused on any of those things. So and I think that that is something everybody does. I I just think everybody does it from one time or another, you know.
0: Look at Justin trying to use my own words against me to tie into this movie that I don't like. (laughs) Heather, go.
2: I mean, I think first of all, I think it's if nothing else, I do love the conversation that this movie is sparking pun intended. (laughs) Um, but like,
1: it's,
2: (laughs) um, you know, just because it does, even amongst, you know, adults, (laughs) you know, and adults who know each other fairly well, all of us, like just, Having this discussion like it's it's really kind of a cool thing and and I can't imagine probably for you know people who have kids taking them to see this and for them to just kind of be thinking about these things, you're like, oh, like just kind of to ignite some kind of um like inspiration in them of some kind. I imagine this movie has has to have done that for some people, but I mean, it's, and and it is interesting too. I think both of you sort of said something similar with it where, you know, if it's not a movie or a subject matter that relates to you, I totally get why this movie is a miss, you know, where it's like, nothing with it relates with me. I've had many of those movies where I'm just like, it was fine, but nothing connected with me. And so I didn't think it was great, you know, and, and I can totally see why this would be a movie that maybe, you know, if you don't relate to it in that way, then then I, I totally get why it's a miss. For me though, I mean, and beyond, you know, just to touch a little bit on on like what you guys were saying, like I, you know, I I do believe that, you know, we we were created by something greater than ourselves and I think that there is um there's merit and there's – I think that there is something to be said for even little little things and little moments that you have either with other people can really actually impact you in a huge way. And they may not know it and you may not even know it until later. So I, I do think that those things are a little bit touched on here um, or at least something that I thought about while this movie was was playing. But – I mean, and I think that kind of in a nutshell, like it's, it's more of a, you don't have, you know, don't just focus on your one purpose of like, okay, don't basically don't focus so much on the future and on this one thing that you think that you have to accomplish because you've cared about it for so long that you're missing the here and now. And it's, it might not even just be like, you know, don't miss the little things, but it's, it's like, you know live your life now. (laughs) You know, don't wait until you feel like you have to achieve this thing or you have to reach this thing before you can feel like you've accomplished something. You know, I think that it's more of a, you know, you can enjoy the life that you have right now, even if you haven't achieved that. And I think I relate to that in the sense of, you know, in a perfect world, my job would be I'm a counselor for people and I'm, I'm a counselor of my own practice and, and people, I have people that come and see me for therapy sessions and stuff like that. I would love that job. Is that my job? No, absolutely not. I am a project manager at a telecommunications company, which is something I never in my life would have thought that I would be doing. And so I, I just, I kind of really, I totally get that aspect of like, you know what? I, I really want to be at this job. I really want to be doing this thing. I really, this is the thing that I love. And I feel like this is what I should be doing. And then realizing that just because it's not maybe what I'm doing as my career, or I haven't reached that highest level of achievement of something, it doesn't mean that it's not something that I still love. And it's not something I can still love, even if I'm not you know, I could still love to counsel people and talk to people, even if I'm not doing it as my job, I'm still doing it in some form. And so I just feel like those are things that I related to with what they were saying about, you know, don't miss the here and now and the life that you have right now. Enjoy what you have because it's what your life is, you know, regardless of if you thought that's what it was going to be, it's what it is. And so you should, just if you go around miserable all the time not being able to appreciate even anything in your life, then you're you're gonna be you're gonna be a lost soul, like they say in the movie, you know? So that really spoke to me a little bit. And so I, I just I really I really liked that aspect of what this movie did. And um and the reason that I say I I feel like I relate mostly two twenty two in this is there was a I mean well first of all there was a, a really great quote in this movie from Moonwind that I really it really piqued my interest when he said it. And it was when they were, you know, he was showing Joe the Island of Lost Souls or whatever it was, you know, and you see all the lost souls walking around. And one of the things he says is um lost souls are obsessed by something that disconnects them from life. And I just thought that was really interesting and really deep. (laughs) And I really, I really liked that because it's true. I mean, even if it is like that thing of, you know, I'm obsessed with trying to find happiness so much that I, I'm, I'm I'm disconnected from anything going on around me because I'm so obsessed with this one thing that I feel like I have to have and I have to reach or I have to feel even. Like, you know, you see it all the time in, you know, romantic comedies or love stories in general, where it's like, I have to find my one true love. And then you just miss everything else going on around you that you can be like, my life is great because of all these other things, you know? And so I just, I really liked that because I also think that speaks a lot into people like just about depression in general. I mean, I've Mm -hmm. been there where it's like, you know, you're so focused and you're so, you feel so disconnected from life because you feel like you failed in this way or that way that you feel like you can't get back to that. Any, anything being enjoyable to you because the thing you're obsessed with is not the thing you have at the moment. And and that's hard. That's a hard place to be at. And I know that there are a lot of people who have also been there. And I just think that that was really, really great of them to put that in a, a Pixar movie to kind of talk about that at, at something for kids that are so young, you know?
1: Yeah. I thought about and, people with suicidal thoughts, too. Just yeah. the whole, like when, when, like when he essentially went inside of the lost soul part of 22. And then all it was, was people saying you're worthless. You can't do anything and all of this stuff. And then 22 just repeating to itself. I'm not good enough. I don't have yeah. a purpose. I don't have a purpose. I don't have a purpose. And yeah, yeah so I could even see somebody who's had those same thoughts, you know, seeing this yeah. and maybe it giving him a pick me up, you know, I, I could definitely see that as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's like, it's interesting that you say that because that was actually the next thing too. I was going to say was that was that I think was the part that got me the most was that scene when Joe goes in there and 22 is surrounded by all of these voices and all of this darkness and all of this negative talk. And she's repeating it to herself out loud like, there's just something really heartbreaking about that, but also very relatable, you know, when you're just like, you're in your own head so much that even the truth of what somebody else might have said or the truth of just what is, is so drowned out because of all of the own voices in your own head and all of the, the, the darkness and the depression that is surrounding you in your mind. And, you know, just kind of like, that visualization that they put in the movie of that part of it, of, of just like, you know, I'm not good enough. You know, you, you're, you're not your own person and you're not good enough and this and that. And it was heartbreaking to see, but I, I really loved it because man, like I have been there so many times where you're just like, all right, I'm listening to all of the voices, my own self-talk basically more so than what, the people who know me best might be saying about me, you know, and that's what depression is. And that's what anxiety is. And that's the things that happen when you struggle with those things, those that's, that's a visualization of what's happening inside of you when you're dealing with anxiety or depression or things like that. And I just really think it was so important that they put that in this movie because there are so many people and probably more increasingly, at least in this past year, because of everything. Oh Yeah.
1: Especially now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, where that is just, that's them, you know, and that's what's going on with them, you know, in their minds and in their heads. And it's just something that was, was so important to talk about. And I'm just so glad that they did that. And they did it in a way that wasn't, at least in my opinion, it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't like, it wasn't making light of it or anything. It was giving that actual important message that I think a lot of people need right now. And even for myself, I mean, it's, I struggle with anxiety so much. And I just feel like I was watching that and I was like, yeah, that pretty much sums up me all the time in my own head. And it's, it's a struggle that people have, you know, and it's not a struggle that goes away because if you've heard it enough, or if you, if you feel it enough, or you've searched long enough or something and things don't turn out the way you want for long enough, it's hard to not think that like, okay, maybe I'm not you know? And so it was just a really, I I think it was just a very important scene and I loved it. And I'm just really glad that they did that. So that for me is why I relate to 22's character a lot, because I feel like a lot of the things 22 dealt with and felt were things that I've definitely struggled with myself or know other people who have. And yeah. And it was just, you know, it was just a very, a very real thing, you know, but, um, yeah. And just even the, the idea of, you know, when twenty two's on earth and she's going around and she's experiencing all of these things that she didn't before, like taste and fear and excitement and just getting to know another person. And, you know, and I feel like I'm like that too, where I'm just like, I ask all these questions and like, <laughs> I'm just like, but what about this? And tell me about this. And like, I just feel like that's, if I were 22 or if I were a person, like on earth for the first time, that would be me. I'd be like, I have so many questions about it, every single thing, <laughs> but I want to do all the things too. So that's why I really, it related to me in a lot of ways. And I think that's why I can sit here and say like, it's relatable and it's important and it's a really good movie. But again, like kind of like, you know, Sterling with Brigsby Bear, that one resonated with you so much. And that's why it's an essential movie for you. And, and so it's, it's really just interesting because, yeah, not even just with Pixar movies, but with all, with a lot of movies, I think it could be set of all types of movies that you're gonna really like and consider essential movies like this that really relate to you and speak to you. And, um, this one was one of those for me. So I, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there as to why. I feel like they did some really great and clever and important things in this movie that I really hadn't seen in a lot of other, you know, Pixar or like kids slash family friendly movies before, aside from Inside Out and, you know, things like that. But it was just really needed, especially I think (laughs) with just how I feel like everybody's stress levels and anxiety levels and depression levels are probably so high (laughs) recently. And, but it's also one of those where even beyond just this year, even beyond, you know, the next couple of years, it's a movie that's still going to be relatable because people are still going to have those struggles and there's still going to be people forever trying to figure out, you know, what am I doing here? What is my life? (laughs) You know, things like that. And, it was just cool and like I also liked the fact that with Joe he had this whole thing for his whole life that he's just like this is what I'm meant to do. This is what my 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 passion is. This is my spark. This is my thing. And and I like that it didn't end up actually being his thing. <laughs> you know, like I like that they gave that kind of curveball in a way of it didn't turn out the way that he wanted it to. He didn't get everything he wanted his whole life, but he was still so happy with the outcome because there was a piece, it seemed like in him knowing like, it's okay. It's okay that I didn't get that because there's so many other things in this life to do or to, to get into or to enjoy. And I'm fine with that. And I just thought that was really cool that it didn't have that fairy tale ending per se for him. Um, or that happy ending in the way he thought it would be, but he still ended up happy. Because I think that's a lot of people too. Like for me, (laughs) have I been doing my dream job? No, I haven't. But I'm happy. And I'm content. Because there are still great things that I can do with where I'm at in my life right now. And I think that that's important for people to know, like, if you don't get everything that you dream of necessarily, or you don't know what you want or you change a million times what you want to do what you're doing right now you can still be doing something great even in where you are right now in your life and i think that's an important message so
0: well you guys have any more thoughts about this movie anything else left to be said
2: not for me
1: nope i'm good
0: all right let's jump into that wonder woman 1984 then oh boy man oh man uh heather what are your thoughts
2: Thoughts are, <laughs> um, well, for me, I, um, I I can't say that I liked it better than the first movie at all, <laughs> but for me, honestly, this movie for me was it was just fine. Like there were there were some elements of it that I was like, oh okay, cool. Like, um, they really give it a very good eighties vibe in this movie. I mean, it's nineteen eighty four, so it should be, but. They do a good job of making it feel like it is that time. Um, I think that some of the the film shots, like how they, how they film some of it, it's really cool. And Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is, she's good. I mean, I just, I think she's so great at that role. Um, and I appreciate like just her subtleties that she does where she doesn't do the over the top thing all the time. Like some superheroes or portrayals of superheroes, everything is just very over the top and dramatic. And she's not that way. And I appreciate that, but, um, it, it definitely has a lot of problems and there's just a lot of like, <laughs> sometimes it, it, it leaves you with a little bit more questions than the answers at the end of everything. But, um, it was, I, I liked the costumes they did, the fashion they did for it. um, The idea of what they were trying to do with this story was good. Um, I do think it was probably longer than it needed to be. Um, And I know there's a lot of (laughs) there's there's just a lot of like plot holes and things like that that are very obvious and just very, you know, unnecessary to have um, and things like that. But I, I think it was fine. Like, I didn't absolutely hate it but I also wouldn't say I loved it. it is definitely a far, far fall from the first one, but it's, it's just not, it's really kind of like middle of the road for me. So
0: Justin, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think I landed kind of in a similar place that you did as far as middle of the road. But, um, but, but to just speak, um, about just, uh, this movie and how it relates to the first one. I mean, the disappointing, I guess is the word that I keep coming back to. Like, I just felt like the first wonder woman really, to me, it still sits at the top of the DC movies as the, the best one that they've done. At least this DCEU, uh, Era movies. I still think it's the best one. I think that overall, it, it, it was just great. You know, it was inspiring. There are iconic scenes in it, like the No Man's Land scene. It had such a great uh, message at the end of it. And, and yeah, even though I did have problems with like the third act and kind of the the big uh, CGI fight, I thought that the message overall. And what it was trying to say and what it actually said after that was so strong. And it ended on such a high note. And I really just kind of hold it up there as just the, the best movie that they've done so far. And then this going to this movie, this felt like such a sharp turn from that. It to me, it really was. Kind of, it's it's ironic that. I picked as one of my worst movies, Superman three, and we had to review that. And I talked about how in that, it, that, that the tone that Superman three took with Richard Pryor and all that comedy and stuff like that. When you compare the tone of Superman two to the tone of Superman three, it was such a sharp turn and it was so just an out of nowhere turn and it was jarring. And I think That's what happened to this. Like the, 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 the first one just seemed so like it it, it was so much more serious. And there was like these moral conundrums and it attacked like some very, very like strong issues. And I just loved What Wonder Woman's resolve was out of coming out of that first movie, and then this one goes, okay, we're just going to take a a sharp turn. We're going to, it's going to be way more comedic. It's going to be way more cheesy. It's going to be corny, and we're going to make it like a movie in the nineteen eighties. And I get what they were going for. Like, I feel like there's a good movie in here somewhere. I do. I feel like maybe there's a movie in here. If things were done right, it could be just as good as the first film. But what winds up happening is it's buried under just all of these plot points that I think are bad. All of these bad decisions, all of these things that just didn't really work work it didn't it 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 didn't know how to pay homage to the 80s but then update this story and the dialogue and things happening to resonate to me with an audience more for today. And I think that was the problem. It has all of the fun of Wonder Woman. A lot of those things are still there. Like Heather said, Gal Gadot is still great in this role. I like her as Wonder Woman. I think she shines uh, in this role as Wonder Woman. Um, Of course, Chris Pine, uh, I love those two together. I like Diana and Steve Trevor together and the scenes that they have, that same chemistry from the first movie is there. There are some funny scenes. There are some heartwarming scenes with them. There are some scenes that if you don't think about it too much, really work with those two uh Actors, I really think that they play well off of each other, and I like those characters. And I didn't even think that uh, Kristen Wiig did a did a bad job. Um, as Barbara in this movie. And now the script, I don't think was that great. Or Pedro Pascal. I, I, I didn't, I didn't dislike the acting that any of these actors were doing. I thought that every actor and actress showed up. But man, this script just yeah. didn't do them any favors. It just didn't. It just, and then, uh, it's devoid of any like stand out. Well, well, there was maybe one action scene you could say would stand out and I didn't have a problem with the action scenes, but the problem is that there were just too few of them. It, so it's devoid of action and if you're going to do that, that's fine. You know, there have been other comic books, superhero movies that don't have a lot of action or don't always have the, the hero in costume or whatever the case may be. But if you're going to Do that. You have to tell an emotionally resonant story. You have to tell a story that is compelling, and you have to have some developments that are compelling. And there are so many things throughout this narrative that just took me out of it. And I just and it just like Heather said, like you said, it just left me asking questions, but it was the wrong kind of questions. It was those questions you never want to ask while you're watching a movie. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Wait a second. What are the rules to this thing? Why did this? Why are uh, what happened to this guy whose body was taken over? Like, you know, you're asking the wrong questions as you're watching this movie. And so then it just took any enjoyment I had. Any time I would get a scene that I kind of enjoyed, I would just be hit over the head. Like, uh, w- what was the guy, that viral video they got? What was that that T that he hit that guy with? The, the, that the twisted T? The, yeah, the twisted T. That's what it felt like to me. I would, anytime I saw a scene that I would enjoy, I was twisted T to the face with something just illogical, didn't make sense, even for a comic book movie or just me throwing my hands up going, what? Like, Why? Why did we do this? And so, yeah, this just I mean, even though, yeah, it's not a terrible movie. I don't I wouldn't call it a terrible movie. And don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people are complaining about this movie, but Suicide Squad is still worse than this. Batman versus Superman is still a worse movie there are worse still DC movies that are far worse than this. So don't get it twisted. This is not the worst thing I've ever seen, but boy, was it a disappointment. And I think that hurts more. And I think it hurts me so much because this was the first we went almost this whole damn year without a DC or Marvel comic book film, you know, the, like a real comic book film with a notable character and continuing these storylines that DC, that the DCEU and the MCU have set up. So uh, almost a whole damn year without one. So I was starving for this, man. I, I was salivating for this. I couldn't wait for this to come out. And I knew after the first one there was just no way right i was like even i even i think i even told somebody even if this is just half as good even if it's just almost as good as the first movie but not quite i'll be happy with it and lo and behold this just (laughs) came out and i mean god was this disappointing for me so yeah that's where i stood on it
0: i'm glad that you brought up other dceu movies chaston You brought up your Batman versus Superman. You brought up your suicide squads. This movie is the Wonder Woman version of those early DC movies.
1: Yeah, like it's
0: so weird that outside of Justice League, DC's been doing better since Wonder Woman came out. You know, like when Wonder Woman came out, they were already like 75% done filming Justice League or they were doing the reshoots with Joss Whedon. You know what I mean? So they didn't know yet. But like you had your Aquaman, you had your, you know, your Shazams, you, you know, you had better movies. They were getting better. You saw the promise. Like you see this new Suicide Squad coming out and I'm like, oh, that's it. That's good. That's it. it looks it looks like it's gonna be fun. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people didn't see it, but for the most part, we all liked Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the only only comic book movie since last July outside of Bloodshot. But of the DC and Marvel movies, that's the only one to come out since what, like I said, July of last year, since Spider-Man, mm-hmm. this is it or that was it. But, you know, like I said, some people were hit or miss on that. But I we for the most part, we liked it. So, you you know, like I said, you were getting your Aquaman, which was not the best, but it, it showed improvement. Yes. You know, Wonder Woman showed improvement over their old philosophy. Aquaman showed, you know, it, it wasn't better than Wonder Woman, but it showed that they were in that mindset still Shazam while I have my own problems with that with some of the stuff still showed a little bit more like they were still it showed that commitment to that type of filmmaking that Wonder Woman started I think Birds of Prey took it the furthest to because like I more than you guys really loved Birds of Prey
2: yeah I really liked it too
0: you know so to me that was like another step of quality and somehow this Wonder Woman fits with the original DCEU more than that Wonder Woman did. Because what is this movie? It's a goddamn mess. (laughs) It is nine hours too long, and it's a fucking mess, which is (laughs) just like every other early DC movie. That's Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League. They're all too damn long and fucking messes. This is the Wonder Woman version of that. This movie, to me, in a lot of ways, undoes all the goodwill DC had been doing. Because it shows, I mean, I feel like they looked into like four good movies in a row. Like, it, I feel like now I feel like they looked into it. You should think like four movies like that. All right, they got it down. They're getting there. They know what they're doing now. No, now I feel like it was fucking lucky because this movie, once again, and this is a slight spoiler, but I don't care, decides, hey, our big battle at the end of the movie, and it's not even the end of the movie, but it's the big battle scene at the end of the movie, or the action sequence at the end of the movie. Why is it at night? Again. Why is it a dimly lit gray villain at the end? Again. <laughs> Again. Yep. Are you fucking serious, DC? We lucked out. The, a character named the Black Mask at night is somehow the best villain they've had at the end of a fucking movie in the history of DC movies. And it's because it was a person and not a gray CGI fuck fest of a monster. But somehow (laughs) they went, you know what we need again, a gray ass villain. And you know what else they did again? (laughs) They did the same thing that comic book movies did for like nine years in a row, which was have a blue light glowing at the end of a fucking movie Oh, again. This movie learned no lessons. In fact, this movie went all the lessons we did learn. Fuck those lessons. We're going back to our old way of doing shit. I'm now no lo- longer looking forward to Suicide Squad. I'm now no longer looking forward to anything. Cuz I know Batman versus Superman the Snyder cut's not going to fix anything. Have you seen Thanos? He looks like a wrinkly gray rock fuck. <laughs> Have you seen the new <laughs> updated version of Stephen Wolf? It looks like they took the shitty version of Stephen Wolf from Justice League and combined him with the Destroyer from Thor. So now he's just a shiny gray version of the same fucking bullshit. And this movie did it again. And I'm not even getting into any of the other fucking stupid ass superhero sequel tropes that they did in this movie yet. <laughs> I haven't even gotten into that yet. I, do, I I haven't even gotten to to the fact that somehow the superman movie that's notorious for not having any action scenes and superman returns feels more like an action movie than this fucking movie i get it patty jenkins you didn't want to do a straight up action film for a superhero movie you know what and maybe you know there's some credit deserved for you for trying to break that mold but ultimately you just made a 2020 version of angley's hulk oh Because, yeah, you tried to get all that emotional shit and all this and the complexities of this and that and this and that. All you did was make a fucking unevenly paced snooze fest that had uninspired action scenes. If you got them, I'm very hesitant to call anything in this an action scene. I just want to say they're they're scenes where action-esque shit happens. And I haven't even gotten into the plot holes yet either. As much as I was tired of marvel's bullshit by the time spider-man far from home came around and avengers endgame and all this other shit dear god i need a marvel movie
1: i am shocked to hear you say that
0: i need one at this point (laughs) fuck because then i at least know it's a movie that's well made like you know what i mean it's at least (laughs) a well-made movie i might not like all the plot points in it but i know it has them you know, Marvel might not always handle their villains that well, but they are getting better at it. They are. They are improving with how they handle their villains. And it's been a continual improvement. It's been gradual, but they're learning. And at least with Marvel, when they learn something, they don't tend to do it again. DC, I don't know what the fuck you doing, bro. Recommendations and scores.
1: I don't know who goes. Uh, Justin, you go. Justin, go. God this is, this will be the most difficult thing I do tonight because man, I just hate that I'm doing this. I don't want to not recommend Wonder Woman. I mean, I love Wonder Woman. I'm such a fan of this character. Oddly enough, this also felt a little like anti-feminist. I don't know. There were parts where I was like, a woman directed this? Like there were parts that made me kind of Reacting that way too. Like, I was like, I can't believe a woman like directed this because this feels like th- this doesn't feel anywhere near as empowered as the first one did. And it just didn't. I don't know. There were parts where I was like, no, like, why is this happening? But man, I mean, I can't recommend this. <laughs> just, just watch the first one again and just. Don't do this to yourself. I don't know if there's anything in here you have to see. And it almost feels like its own story. Like, I don't see, I didn't see any of the connections with the D, with the other DCEU films. And if anything, some of the plot points make, will make those other films problematic. Uh, because characters should know things that they don't know based on this movie. Uh,
0: I'll get into some of that, Justin. I know some story behind some of that.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, good. Uh, but, I mean, this just, oh my gosh, this was so disappointing. I mean, if you watch this, if you're that comic person like me, you were itching for a comic book movie, you just, you just, and and, and you know, you're just trying to scratch that itch. Okay, watch it, but please manage, and I mean manage the hell out of your expectations. Because if you went in like me thinking, hope thinking and hoping that this would be anything like the first movie, you are in for a twisted tee to the face. Let's just put it that way. Um, Man, as far as a score, man, I'll go above the fifties just for the actors and some of the things that I did like, uh, scenes specific scenes that i did like um so we'll go 55 where was wonder Woman's sword and shield out of 100
0: i didn't even think
1: about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, i was man. so preoccupied by all the other bullshit they threw in this movie where the fuck was that <laughs> shit god damn exactly. it i hate this what movie. the
1: hell yes it lost a more points, didn't it? Just it did. Now, didn't it? it did. <laughs> just I had now. a score.
0: I will tell you what my score was going to be, and then I'll give my actual score now that I realize <laughs> that, too. Because, fuck, yeah. that is just unforgivable. And it's I, I did say the- it's I say it's unforgivable. I didn't even realize it. Because, like I said, I was preoccupied by all the other bullshit. But damn it.
1: Yep, I had it at 60, and then I thought about that, and I was like, oh, it's a 55 now. It did. It lost five <laughs> points. Five points yep, is what I it's going to lose. Five, I deducted five points for that. I did.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give you a spoiler. Five points knocked it 50% for me. That's how low it goes. Anyway, we'll get into that in a second. Heather, go.
2: Um, No, I can't really recommend it. Like, um, Kind of like you guys were saying, the first one is really good. The first one is a super good movie. Um, character development in those is way better. Characters in general are... I mean, the the actual acting, like Justin said, I totally 100% agree that everybody brought, you know, brought it to the table when it comes to the acting. It was just the script and the story that they had to work with just didn't allow for them to be any better than they could have been. <laughs> like, um, If that makes sense. But... Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily like for me, I'm personally, I, I, I would probably not watch it again myself. And, um, it, it's just one of those where if you were to go in seeing this movie and didn't even see the first one, you would be like, what's all the hype about? Why does everyone love these movies so much? Why does everyone love Wonder Woman so much? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't care at all about Wonder Woman in the movies that, are made about her if you were only watching this one.
1: So I That's a um, great point. That's a great point. I like how you said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point.
2: Yeah. It it just doesn't make you, um, you know, it doesn't make you care as much about her, her as like a character. And you you just, you feel like you don't really get to see much of, of her. Um, Like you don't get to see much of who she is as a character beyond things that we already learned from the first one. And, you know, it just um, it, it's not really going to be the one that's going to get you on board for Wonder Woman or these types of movies. So I can't really say that I recommend it. I was actually going to be pretty much right at where Jason is. Um, I'm going to give it um, 55 uh, rolled up jackets uh, to look like Miami Vice. Out of a hundred.
0: I'm going to spend my recommendation time. uh, Responding to something. Justin said with. It doesn't feel like it connects much. With the greater DCEU. And that is slightly by design. They are slightly going away. From the idea of a shared universe. And kind of just Mm. going into. Individual comic stories. That may or may not overlap. They don't care. You know like this whole. uh, Birds of prey. That may or may not overlap with uh, Margot Robbie also being in the new Suicide Squad that may or may not actually have anything to do with the other Suicide Squad other than sharing some characters. They kind of switched the idea that they had kind of failed at the shared universe and were like, well, let's just put out individual comic stories or like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why they're not like Wonder Woman 2. It's Wonder Woman 1984 type of thing. You know what I mean? Just putting those out there. The problem with that is, is that's kind of a stupid idea because it is a sequel and it doesn't quite work with the other movies that they tied in with already. Like you're kind of doing that halfway through the game, like you're changing the rules halfway through and it just doesn't quite work, you know? So and that's why it felt that way, you know, because it breaks the rules because Batman versus Superman distinctly says she did nothing from World War One till then. And then she's just yep. all about the 80s. Just Wonder Woman it the fuck up. Obviously not doing what they said. You know. Just, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a mess. Because that can be your plan. Yeah, you can do that with Aquaman. You can't do that. You can do that with The Flash at this point. You can do that with other characters. You can't do that when you're. it's the s- sequel to a movie that was a part of the greater plan. It just makes it all kind of a mess. So, now, I don't recommend it at all. And I say that as somebody that's probably going to end up owning it. Ugh. But like, nah, don't watch it. Like, even if you have HBO Max right now and you turn it on, it's one of the first things you're going to see is it's like, watch some Wonder Woman. Don't. You look HBO Max straight <laughs> in the eyes and you go, no, I'm not going to deal with any of your peer pressuring <laughs> bullshit. I'm
2: better than that.
0: Exactly. Have some pride and just don't watch this movie or watch it because you have no self-respect. It's fine. I did. So, you know, teach their own. Do what you will. I just don't recommend doing it. Uh, Like I said earlier, I was going to give this movie a 10, but Justin's right. Oh, my. No sword, no shield. And I'm deducted from five big old points. When, When you're at a 10, five points matters a lot. Like I said, that slashed my score 50%. Will you just do me a
1: favor? Will you just do me a favor and give it a zero? Because look, man, I'm going to convince you that it should be zero. Look, come on, on, man. How iconic was that scene in No Man's Land where she's standing there and then she puts the shield up and all of those bullets are firing on her and it's doing that music and she's down there in in the depths of this, the doldrums of this place. You know, this this barren land with all these dead bodies in the war. and She's got her shield up, deflecting all those bullets and she can't get through. But then the army behind her is inspired and they go, look, man, she's cleared a path. And then they start shooting and everybody goes in and then she proceeds to take that sword and shield. Yeah, awesome. And I mean, she destroys, she destroys that army man and it oh, no, is one this is of the, the most, biggest
2: problem now in the movie
1: <laughs> and, and this is one of the most kick-ass action sequences most memorable inspiring action sequences ever and guess what they did sterling in this movie they went eh, she doesn't need that shit she don't even need those weapons <laughs> oh no have,
0: Justin, i 100 percent agree with you but wait till you hear what my five points are for though Oh, God. Okay. It gets five points because the one thing I enjoyed in this movie was the fact that Pedro Pascal overacted the fuck out of every scene he was in. (laughs) And I loved every second of it.
2: (laughs) He was pretty great. He
0: was the only thing I enjoyed because he was like, man, I've got 30 seconds. I am chewing the fuck out of everything. Every millisecond in that 30
1: seconds,
0: (laughs) I loved it. I think he was so tired of playing the Mandalorian and being behind that helmet and just acting with his body and voice that he wanted to give every facial expression that has ever existed in humankind (laughs) in this role. (laughs) And I loved it, it was a roller coaster. I never knew how he was going to overact from scene to scene. And he just kept going,
2: but it just totally worked though. Oh, like, I it was just
0: 100% did. for it. Every time there was not a scene. He overacted that. I did not think he did the most amazing overacting ever. <laughs> I loved it. That's why this movie's getting five points is Pedro Pascal overacted to the perfect degree. Okay. And I can't, I can't okay. deny him his points.
1: All right. I understand. Fair enough. I understand.
0: Yeah. It was going to be 10 points for him, but the sword and the shield do matter. So.
2: Man. Yeah. They don't even explain it. That is a big problem.
0: That's messed up. Well, I understand the sword not being there. It was destroyed at the end of the first one. But that shield. That shield. Oh, right, right, right. But also, she has the sword back in Batman versus Superman. So what the fuck does anything matter? So, yes, she should have had a sword, too. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's what I thought she got. Yeah, okay. She
0: had a sword back. So, yeah, she should have had a new sword. Man, fuck this movie so much. (sighs) Spoilers. (laughs) Might as well. Somehow, this movie, at the end of it, with arguably the worst superhero fight scene I have ever seen in a movie (laughs) at the end. That Superman versus Clark Kent fight scene in Superman 3 is better than this fight with Cheetah.
1: Oh, my God, it is. Oh, no. And part of it has to do with that.
0: The fact that that fight scene was, what, two minutes long, Mm -hmm. if that and just it was boring. It was so boring. She did more moves fighting four bank robbers at the beginning of the movie than she did fighting one of her main supervillains. Like, it's tough for me to like the final sequence of wonder woman the original it's just smoke and flames fucking gray ass boring villain and just uninspired bullshit this ending fight makes that shit look like the fucking kylo ren ray battle with the royal guard at the end of last jedi (laughs) i know heather might not know what that means i know justin does Cause that was a great fight, that was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that was. You good. know what wasn't this one? <laughs> you know, Justin brought up that no man's land from the beginning one, and then they tried to do their version of it in this movie, which was them fighting on that highway in Egypt.
2: Yeah, I didn't like that scene really.
0: Yeah,
2: it's b- boring. It
0: was a bunch of her pushing cars. That right. was her main yeah. move was pushing cars, and like. The crazy thing is she filmed a lot of Wonder Woman, the original one, pregnant. So she did a lot of those action sequences and stuff like that pregnant. She's not pregnant now. (laughs) And they acted like they could not put her doing any actual physical exertion at all in this movie. I mean, (sighs) I just this felt like fight scenes. For a superhero movie filmed in 1962. I understand that, yes, they did some shit with CGI. They couldn't do that. I get it. Whatever. But it felt like it. It felt like a bunch of people doing fucking stage punching. And just, how do you have that in a movie like this? I understand that Patty Jenkins was obviously... And if she wasn't, my bad. But I can only tell from watching the movie that it was seeming like she was trying to make it a little bit less action oriented and more like emotional and theme oriented which is fine i guess but like i said asking lee how well that works you want you know what i want to see wonder woman do beat some fuckers up and don't tell me that's not this character because i've read a lot of comics where wonder woman wants to beat some fuckers up i'm just saying I mean, look at her character in Batman versus Superman. She shows up because she's like, guess what? I get to fight some Doomsday. And she's loving it. She's getting, like, fucking punched in the face by Doomsday. And she's like, that's my shit. I love this. Yeah. And and what was it in this? A bunch of fucking bullshit. I mean, from the very beginning, that Themyscira version of American Gladiators or wherever the fuck that was, was I'm just, for lack of a better word, just dumb. She didn't care. And then, like, she, like, doesn't get to throw the spear at the end, and she's like, but it's not fair. And she's like, but you can't take shortcuts, and you got to learn that. You know whose lesson that was in the movie? Maxwell Lords. You can't take that shortcut to being successful. That wasn't the lesson that Wonder Woman ultimately learns in this movie, or remembers. It was Maxwell Lords. So they tried to yeah. more or less shoehorn a thematic element of the movie juxtaposed onto wonder woman learning it as an eight-year-old or whatever and that's dumb it's just dumb it 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 plays like it's a fucking after-school movie there was a friend on your facebook justin that talked about a lot of this movie played like a fucking children's story
1: Hmm.
0: and i i'm not gonna lie they're right yeah like all the way down to at the end of the movie everybody just needs to give up their wishes because you know love and shit you're scared, that's why you want your wishes, but come on guys, love. And everybody's like, it's like fucking the Grinch who stole Christmas, and everybody's in Whoville going, oh my god, we learned the lesson of Christmas, let's just sing a song and shit. You're telling me with billions of people in the world, one motherfucker didn't go, nah, I'm keeping my wish.
1: <laughs> and the funny thing is, Yeah, there's is, always is that, the one guy. The I funny would be thing that is, fucker. Is it fell so flat, especially in today's time, because we are literally living at a time where we can't get everybody to wear a mask <laughs> to just right. people yeah. keep people You're, safe. Yes, <laughs> So it just fell so incredibly flat. And I know that maybe at the time of release and everything like that, you know, they couldn't have anticipated, but still, it just in this moment watching it on Christmas, and then that it gets to the end of that. And it's it, it makes me sad because I get what they were going for. Instead of it being a battle, a physical battle, what if it's a battle of morality, like a battle of, a, a, a conversation, and she wins, and she appeals to that other side yeah, of the person it, it's and hope gets versus them to fear. make the right choice? Yeah. And that's not a bad idea. But God, the execution was awful.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, if I had a wish, I'd probably wish for something stupid. You know, I'd probably be like, I want this microphone. And Wonder Woman, you're we like, Sterling, please give up your <laughs> microphone so the world doesn't end. And I'd be like, Nah, no, I really like this microphone. <laughs> I'm not giving up my microphone. Like, it'd be something like that. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, I understand it's like a hopeful message that, like, humanity can band together in a dire need or something, but we can't. We can't. Like,
1: yeah, we've proven that. Like, we've proven that we cannot.
0: (laughs) Like, it's one of those things that's like a person could, people can't. You know, you could convince one person to maybe give up their wish, but let's just argue and say, what, there's like five, six billion people in 1984. Let's just say one million of them made wishes. And you're telling me one of them, just one of them, didn't go, nah, I'm good. Right. Like, think about. All the dumb wishes that were made in this movie. Maxwell Lord was getting people to wish that he'd have a good meeting. (laughs) That person doesn't even know they need to undo their wish. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you're telling me they went, fuck, I wish that guy to have a good meeting. I don't want that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Come the fuck on, movie.
1: Oh, God.
0: When in all honesty, if Maxwell Lord himself just undoes his wish, that actually should suffice. Because that would undo all the wishes he granted, which would mean the only wishes that were made before that were Kristen Wig wanting to be Diana, Diana getting Steve Trevor, which she had already undone herself, and then that one fucker who wanted a coffee. Those would be (laughs) the only wishes not done, undone by that. That's all and he did. That's the thing that's bullshit about this movie is he did. He did undo his wish. And then it still had to go I undo my wish or I renounce my wish. Who who even fucking talks like that? Who even says that shit?
2: I was thinking that too. Every person was like I renounce it. I renounce it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I renounce my wish. There was that fucking guy in what like Northern Ireland who's like I renounce my wish and you're like no you don't. You don't even know what the word <laughs> renounce is. Like, it's, it's fucking it's 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 preachy fucking bullshit at the wrong time. It's like you said, Justin, they might not have known that the world would obviously never do something like that because we can't even get people to wear masks without bitching and complaining and all this other fucking bullshit. But once they realized that maybe they could have just 80 yards, some different dialogue and cut mm-hmm. some of that
1: shit out exactly
0: a little bit something and just gone nah you're right maxwell lord undoing his wish would just undo all of this anyway so let's just stop it there that's it just stop it there but no they just kept going but like i mean let's get into other aspects of this plot that are garbage why does barbara get two wishes
2: yeah
1: that's true she does Because the first wish is to be like Diana, right? Then the second one was, I want to be the apex predator, which is a cheetah. Also, who the fuck says that? And also,
0: when is a cheetah an apex predator? (laughs) Do they not know anything about cheetahs? Cheetahs use so much energy chasing down prey that they have to eat as much as they can, typically, because other big cats and other animals will typically come and steal their prey, which by definition makes them not apex predators. Just throwing that out there. I get it. Cheetah is one of Wonder Woman's iconic villains. I'm all for having her in the movie. I'm also all for not doing dumb shit with her. How about that? What a novel concept. Like, like I said, she gets two wishes. Why? No one else in this movie gets two wishes. And I know Maxwell Lord says, oh, I'm feeling generous. He went up to a guy before he met with the president and said, hey, wish that I have a good meeting with the president. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I do. And then he's like, wait. Did you already have a wish? And he's like, yeah, yesterday. And he's like, oh, why couldn't he be generous with that guy then? If he can just be generous with wishes, why right. would he do with that guy? That's a way easier wish than making somebody a cheetah person. Come on.
2: <laughs> Wait, question. Is he like as the, you know, stone or whatever, is he able to not give somebody their wish or he has to anyway?
0: Technically, he has to. I think he can dictate the other terms, though.
2: So she should have Wonder Woman should have found somebody that hadn't done a wish yet and been like, hey, wish for him to undo his wish or something, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't see why that wouldn't have worked, you know, but that's the thing is this movie's wildly inconsistent. It it has no grasp yeah. over the plot. It has. How is Wonder Woman losing her powers for what? 60% of this movie yet still? Constantly does shit with her powers at any given point in time. She's losing her powers can still turn a plane invisible,
1: though. (laughs) Like, it's wildly inconsistent with that. Yeah. And the rules for the stone, like some wishes manifest immediately. And then other things like Steve Trevor taking over the body of a person who's already living. Why did all that need to happen for Steve Trevor to come back? But we can make a wall appear in Egypt,
0: you know? Yeah. I just <laughs> didn't. <laughs> right. And why is it with other, like with other things, why are the consequences immediate with other ones, but not her?
1: Exactly. Also, yeah. can we
0: not have a superhero sequel where somebody's losing their powers? Please, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and with that too, like just cause you were, you were talking about it there. I think there's, there was confusion at least for me for part of it because of how they did that where hers was just slowly going away i was misunderstanding why she was losing her powers because i thought i mean it makes sense obviously it would be you know because of her wish but i was thinking it was because barbara wished to be like her that it made her lose her powers just because it wasn't immediate
0: you know what i mean yeah it's a red herring is what that is it's a red herring yeah but also, once again, it breaks the rules of the fucking that they establish in the movie. That's the problem. Is this movie at no point has a grasp on anything it's doing? <laughs> yeah. Like what? What is it? The the the, the Linda Carter uh, Amazonian was it? AstraZeneca? Uh, Astra's, <laughs> um, whatever her name Asteria? is. Yeah, her. Yeah. Why is it that whenever they talk about her armor, that it was like. It was all the armor of all the Amazonians that like made it her It had to be strong enough to fight off all of mankind. It couldn't take like four hits from a cheetah bitch. Yeah. Come on. It's strong <laughs> enough to fight off all of mankind. It takes a couple of hits. Ah, oh, the wings are done. Come on. Also, why did she need that suit? She already had her powers back and she's already learned how to fly. for no reason. I'm just saying, yeah, it was- if you've got all that shit and you're going up against a guy that can just wish him shit, you don't need your armor yet. <laughs> Especially when you're not using that armor to fight Doomsday. You've got a Kryptonian oh, monster. <laughs> and you don't take your armor, but you take your sword and shield. But in this one, she goes, nah, fuck that sword and shield. I'm going to take this armor that I don't need. You know what it would have been infinitely more like? Beneficial against a cheetah monster, and then a guy that, I don't know, had wind flying around
1: him. A sword and shield. (laughs) I know. And then, I mean, you could fly. You could lasso lightning, which if you are that fast, I mean, like, I mean, if you're that fast, where you can lasso and swing across lightning, how could anybody... Ever hit you? I mean, how could you ever be hit? How well, could you ever that's the problem with
0: superhero speed? How does anybody hit Superman? How does anybody hit the Flash? That's that's just dumb superhero shit. That's what that is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. They always kinda do that, I guess. But but you're yeah. right
0: though. Like within the context but, of this movie, though, like it's inconsistent. Man, now that I'm thinking about it, dude. I can't think of a single fight scene in this movie that wouldn't have been fixed by having a sword and shield. (laughs) You know what makes easier to like push around cars and shit like they obviously wanted to do in Cairo? A shield. Put that Mm -hmm. shield in front of her and just barrage into something. Getting that berserker barrage action going? Come on.
1: And if you know that you're aware, if you are aware that you are losing your powers, that doesn't mean that you are losing your fighting ability. So why wouldn't you arm yourself more? Like, man, well, I can't. I, I, I'm My super strength is leaving. I'm not going to have I'm going to I'm not going to be as durable. I got shot and it hurt me. Why wouldn't you want a shield? Yeah. And a sword. <laughs> yeah, especially
0: after she went, oh, man, I'm not bulletproof no more. Why did she go anywhere without a shield?
1: Exactly. Man. Exactly. Man. Or wait so long to put
2: on that armor because if that yeah. armor was protecting her, do it sooner.
0: <laughs> Man. You know what else I realized they did only once in this movie? The little the little bangle hit bang explosion thingy. You know, when she slams her wrists together? When she like does oh, the X? Yeah. They, they only did oh. it against the fight with the cheetah. That's true. Man, do you know what would have helped against a bunch of cars? doing that that (laughs) yep do you know what would have stopped cheetah inside the white house that do you know what would have stopped that fucker from telling people to wish for more shit that (laughs) like everything that's useful that she could do they just went nah let's not do it oh man i'm getting more mad at this movie like i mean let's i let's go into something justin brought up why did they have steve trevor and in in inhabit the, that body of the other guy why couldn't he just show I up i
2: hated that why couldn't he just be
1: yeah. him yeah and now you got to deal with a bunch of people saying it is now rape because you essentially took the body of someone and then <laughs> fucked wonder woman in consent it consent and had sex with that body
0: the, i i as as ridiculous as it sounds in all honesty i can't say they're wrong you can't argue against
1: it yeah like i I know that wasn't the intent of the yeah yeah i i i know you we all know that that was not the intent of that movie but i mean how can you argue that his body was taken (laughs) and then and then And they knew, I mean, she knew that that was, that that was him in another body. And instead of worrying about the moral conundrum of man, where, who is this person? Where does this person come from? We have sex first, so now we have u- we have used another person's body for sex, and then we're giggling and laughing in the morning. And now it's like, okay, I guess I need to find out why this happened. And I'm <laughs> people now are saying, "Well, great, now Wonder Woman is a rapist," and I hate when people tell me that, and I can't argue back. I can't.
0: But do you know why they did that, though? So they could have that scene at the end of the movie and implied that he might be the new love interest.
1: Yeah. But just imagine, Sterling, if the gender roles were were reversed. No, you're not wrong. Just imagine. No, you're wrong. Bro, just imagine if this was one to man and there was a woman (laughs) whose body was used. And, and, and I think the casting name of the guy was Handsome Guy. Yes. Imagine if the casting name of this woman was Hot Woman and yeah. no, it was I, used and they used another woman's body and this guy has sex with that. Oh my God, dude. I don't even want to think about you, the backlash.
0: Justin, you are not wrong. I will not, <laughs> you're not. It's, it's To play it safe, it's problematic. Like, that's the right. nicest way of putting it is it's problematic. Yeah. yeah. If, if you want to get down into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. No wonder woman. Rape that guy. Like that's what it is. <laughs> like you got to call like, I mean, you got to call it what it is. And I, the first person I heard say that was our friend, Devin.
1: Yeah. Devin. Yeah. Got to give him credit. Cause he, at first I was like, Devin.
0: <laughs> I was like, man, Devin, you're on that bullshit. I hadn't even seen the movie. yet. I was like, Devin, you're on that bullshit. It's not like that. And I watched that movie. I was like, nah, she raped that bitch. She yeah. did. That fucker was totally raped.
1: Yeah. And then they laughed about it. As Devin also said, that makes me laugh every time he says it. He was like, they, they, he was raped, Justin. And then they laughed about it. They giggled about it in the morning. They canoodled about, about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, what did he say? He said, and then she laughed about it with her dead boyfriend. <laughs> like,
0: what? Yeah. No, yeah. He, 100% correct. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, in the best light, in the absolute best light, it's problematic. Like, you know what I mean? And, and Justin, you're, or, yeah, Justin, you're 100% right. If it was switched, holy fucking shit, HBO would be burned to the ground.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it's just indicative of somebody not giving enough thought into the things that were happening to this story. And it's just, it is mind blowing that nobody that read this script, nobody on Patty Jenkins team or none of the actors realized that this could be problematic. It is just mind blowing that thought that things like that got by them. But it's just indicative of just all of the questionable decisions that were made seemingly without much thought, or even like the Barbara character. And one of the arcs of that character is I can now walk in high heels. I couldn't, but (laughs) now I can. Does that even feel like something a woman would write for another woman? Justin, like
0: you made me realize something. Do you know what the biggest problem with this movie was? They didn't have an editor. Hmm no one proofread shit. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Nobody went through and went proofread it and went, now, let's not do that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't have a script editor is what I mean. Like, it, it didn't have anybody to just iron that shit out. This is very much a Wonder Woman made a billion dollars, so do whatever the fuck you want. Yes. And that's what this movie was. Like, especially because, all right, like we were saying, with that whole, you know, ghost possession shit. How easily avoidable is that? Just have Steve Trevor come back as himself. Problem solved. <laughs> it is the most yes. easily avoidable bullshit problem this movie has. And this movie yeah. went, nah, we're going full the fuck into it. Like, damn. Damn.
1: And all you kept thinking was, this guy, what if this guy had an animal that needed to be fed? What if he had a mom who was deathly ill and was dependent on him to deliver her medicine? What if he had a job? What if, I mean, what
0: if he had a fiance that he was supposed to marry like that weekend?
1: Oh, God. Yeah, you're yeah. right, Justin.
0: What if he had a kid right. that was like dying in the hospital and he just went home to change clothes and just possessed? That kid yeah. dies. Thinking it's his father just left him. I know that's dramatic, yeah. but still, it's one of those things. It's how easy would it would be like, nah, Steve's his own guy. Just came the fuck back to life.
2: Yeah, it just doesn't make sense why they did it that way. It's, yeah, especially like how we were talking about like every other wish that happened. It was just like, it just happened in a very straightforward way. <laughs> Barbara's <laughs> and becoming
0: this didn't. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And this stone has to do some bullshit like that because it would work if that like that was the curse of it. If that was the curse of her wish that she didn't see him as Steve Trevor, you know, so he had to work yeah. and be like, no, no, it's me. It's me. You know, like they did that for 30 seconds. But you know what I mean? Like if that was the the, the flip side of, of her wish was that, yeah, it's Steve, but it doesn't look like him. It's not him. It, you know what I mean? Like, it's those aspects of it. But it wasn't. The flip side was she was losing her powers. So why couldn't he just be back to life? Like, simplify it. It
2: it was just so weird. Like, there was no reason to make that how he came back. And also in the trailer, it didn't make it seem like that was it either.
0: Yeah, well, because they wanted to hide that fact because they realized it was dumb, but too late to film around. Like, like it's just fuck. (laughs) Because they had no editor, right? Yeah, because they had no editor. Like... (laughs) And like I said, it, it all seems like it was a setup for her to f- casually flirt with the guy at the end of the movie. All of it was that. Yeah.
2: And it guess honestly wasn't worth it. That. It honestly even would have worked that flirting would have even worked. They they could have kept it the same where it was like that outfit that she was like, oh, that outfit looks yes. great or whatever. It could have still been like, that's the same outfit I picked out for Steve. And it still could have been the same conversation. Well, look, honestly.
0: How easy could they have done? Because yep. I know that that was their version of that scene from the first movie. But why couldn't Steve come back to life and then just literally do that scene again where they go to a, the Sears or whatever and they're just trying to close at Sears? Why yeah. does it have to be yeah. in the possessed guy's apartment? Why couldn't it be Penny? Yeah. And you know what? And you could even have a weird scene where she's like, oh, I like that outfit. And she goes, yeah, I saw some guy try on an outfit like this at the store and I really liked it. Apparently he didn't though. Do a joke like that. Bam. Connection, chemistry, whatever. Right. Like it's done. Like
2: it's. There was just no reason for that to be like a a plot point. And yeah.
0: Especially a problematic plot point. It's not even the fact that it was just dumb, it was problematic too. Yeah. And Justin, you're older than any of us. When was the last time you worried about another adult being popular? (laughs)
1: i know man i know you are so right barbara's character is older
0: than all of us she's like late 30s early 40s and she's like oh my god you're one of the popular girls
1: i know you're (laughs) so popular (laughs) <laughs> and and that is why this felt so kind of anti-feminist or like anti-women in a way. This felt like something a man thinks a woman worries about, right? oh, the woman worries about, oh, Just she's Setting popular. the clock back. Yeah. Yeah. She looks perfect and she's, you know, she's sexy and powerful and I want to be that. I want to wear skimpy clothes and I want to walk in high heels. It felt so derivative but Uh, on top of that
0: is once again this is 2020 and you have the nerdy awkward girl losing her glasses and she's
1: fucking hot fucking stop it oh my gosh yes (laughs) dropping her papers and nobody pays attention to her but the protagonist it's all there we've seen it so many times and they totally just went with that and maybe they were thinking okay this is gonna be so 80s great but if you're gonna do that you gotta do something with that cliche or say something about it or do something interesting with it. Like like Stranger Things. Stranger Things is a big homage to the 80s and all of that stuff like that. It has that 80s dressing. It has some of that nostalgia, the music and stuff like that. But the characters and what happens to them and the things that it develops is compelling. And sometimes... Right. They'll they'll use a cliche like the asshole boyfriend and they'll throw you for a loop and go, oh, wait, he's not a bad person that you thought he was. They they used those cliches to to make something fresh and different. And this had zero interest in doing anything like that. Like,
0: why couldn't she drop her papers and go, shit, I haven't done this since high school. That's weird. Something because like that's the Mm -hmm. thing when you're like, yeah, it's so 80s. Yeah, the problem was, is they did that in 80s teen movies. These are fucking adults. Yeah. Go ahead, Heather. Yeah,
2: and no, you're good. I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I do get, like, okay, yes, sometimes women are like, oh, I wish I was kind of like that woman who's more confident and whatever. Like, I get that. That is a thing. But, like, just wishing you could walk in the heels, and I'm just like, no, no, I don't know many women who actually really enjoy walking in heels at all. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, it's just, you're right. It's so like, yeah, like at her age and all of these things, it's like, why is that? It, yeah. If she was like a young intern or if it was high school, it wouldn't be a lot different and it would make more sense. And it just, You know, it it just it's not it's not a thing at that age where you're just like worried about that, you know, (laughs) like um, it's yeah, it it just didn't play into the film as well as it should have. And and Kristen Wiig, I actually think she did the part well, like she really she did a good job in this film. And I, I did like seeing a part of her uh, not doing the funny all the time you know she was she was funny but she wasn't just funny you know and I, I did like seeing that side of her but yeah it's just like her character was not written well at all you know it was just it's a, it's a shame honestly
0: I have another question for those guys, for you guys so after that jewelry store robbery how did those four robbers not die from being dropped like 30 feet straight onto a cop car and I know, obliterating right? Obliterating yeah. that cop car. They obliterated it. And they were all alive. They weren't even moaning in pain. They were just like, ah, oh, shit, we're tied up. Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? Those men should have been murdered. She should have <laughs> dropped them on that car. And then people should have started screaming because of the bloodbath that ensued. Right. They should have been and, like and it all just there was over. a bank robbery and also a four person homicide at the mall today
1: <laughs> and it just felt so like beneath Wonder Woman to be doing these things like and like you said, just that slam up on the cop car, I was like, why would she do this like why would she wreck this cop car like at the end of the first movie, her whole thing was, look. I know that there are evil people. I know that there are good people, but I'm going to stay here. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to try to do what I can to influence people to make better decisions, to make good decisions. I believe in the good side of people, and I want to stay. I want to fight that. I want to represent that. And then we go to this movie, and we're at a mall, and she's destroying cop cars with these crooks. It just all felt. Why wasn't she doing something
0: in i mean i partially get it because it does feel very 80s you know that was a very 80s scene to throw into a movie just like whenever she saves uh out somebody from getting hit by that trans am and it spins out like 97 times
2: yeah yeah uh, with what
0: i swear at least in my head was a looney tunes noise while it did it yep (laughs) and that was very 80s the problem was is they made the, the beginning of this movie feel super 80s and then they just went nah we done with that and it was just no 80s for the rest of the movie and you're just like oh okay so once again it goes to the unevenness that is this movie and also why is it so fucking long how do you have a movie this long and have plot holes Like, how do you have anything unexplained in a movie that's two hours and 45 minutes long? (laughs) (laughs) Right. You do it by filling it with a bunch of bullshit that doesn't do anything. I mean. It's like the whole series of Lost in
2: one movie where it's just like brings more questions than answers and everyone hates it. (laughs)
0: Like, at no point. Like, like, Fuck. Like, I know a lot of people are harping on the fact that, like, oh, that jet had fuel in it. Apparently, that's something that can happen, especially back then. Because, like, I read an article from, like, 1995 where, like, they were doing an audit of some planes at, the like, the United States Air Force Museum. And this one plane had, like, 200 gallons of fuel in it. <laughs> and they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> we didn't know that was the case. So, apparently, that shit could happen, especially back then. That's, I mean, that's whatever. But it's the fact that she can turn it invisible, which I get it. It's just an homage to the invisible jet that Wonder Woman has. Fine, I guess. It's a dumb way of doing it, but I get why they wanted to do it. But then why was Steve, or yeah, why was Steve thrown off by the fact of what fireworks were? Fireworks have been around for hundreds of years. <laughs> hundreds. They, they used to use essentially fireworks. As a form of bombs and/or missiles, he was a soldier. How did he not know what fireworks were? How did this fucker was just in awe of what an escalator was, but knew how to flip a couple of switches in a jet and make it work?
1: Yeah, but they could fly that jet. <laughs> I mean, just little
0: things that, like, like I said. This movie is just the utter definition
1: of inconsistent. And you know, he saved her too many times, honestly. I mean, Lois Lane would never save Superman that many times. It should have been the opposite some of those yeah. times. And the argument you know? is, is
0: because they had to have her lose her powers,
1: which once again, what
0: what what purpose did that serve other than, oh, that was the wish. Yeah, like, it, it didn't do it. It's also because she never really lost them. That's the other problem. If she never yeah. really lost them, she would just kind of lose them here and there.
1: Yeah. And, and and even still, though, he's the damsel in this. Steve Trevor is the damsel, not her. She's the hero. She's the the protagonist. She's the one on top. He needs to be saved. He needs to be rescued. He needs to be trying to do something and fucking up and her saving him, you know, even with weakened powers, you know. This is still Wonder Woman, you know, and I just would have preferred that more often than the other thing, you know, that they did.
0: Yeah. No, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and it just. I don't know. It just this does not feel like anybody that had anything to do with the first movie. Made this one. <laughs> I, know. I think yeah. Jackie. I, I don't she didn't write the first one. Maybe
1: that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Heather.
0: No,
2: I was just saying, like, I feel like you were dead on right with how you said it. It just it feels like <laughs> it, it feels like something that like a a female didn't write it (laughs) like you know it feels like it was uh like going back in time and somebody wrote a script because they were like you know what if we're gonna be in the 80s we're gonna really be in the 80s where you know this is our idea of women and what women talk about and think about and care about like i feel like you were dead on with With that point, because it does feel like that, especially compared to the first movie. It just, it really feels like they're just two completely different things. Yeah. Like the modern day Superman three, like, what is that compared with literally any other movie? Like, you know, that they did of it. So it's, it's very disjointed and yeah, it just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't at all live up to just the, and there, and again, there was potential, There. Like it could have been a lot better and a lot different,
0: but it wasn't. See, so the big difference in this is is that first movie, that first Wonder Woman. Oh shit. Oh, I got fucked up on my MDB. Right. So that first movie was written by Alan Heinberg, Zack Snyder, and John uh I'm not gonna lie, his last name should be Fox. It's F U C H S. Maybe it's Futches. Anyway, that's who wrote <laughs> the first one. Wasn't Patty Jenkins. She just directed it. So then you get into the second one, and it's written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, who Jeff Johns is a comic book writer, and he's also, uh he wrote like the Blackest Night story arcs. He's He's been a big DC writer, but he's also like, he moved from being a comic writer to being like in charge of the. Creative direction of the movies and stuff like that. He's also got kind of shat on because he, apparently he's a huge asshole with a lot of stuff. But so Patty Jenkins and him wrote this movie. So yeah, they didn't have any of the writers of the first movie.
2: And it was Patty Jenkins who wrote this. Like yeah. that's kind of it's, upsetting. Like it astounding. really is.
0: Well, I mean, to I, me, it just maybe shows that maybe she should just direct and not write shit.
1: Yeah. 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 This was just like it was just. Man, it like, like like we all said, it's just shocking that a woman wrote this. And I'm asking, I mean, did, did has somebody taken over her body? You know, should we be concerned right. that somebody is her is is Patty Jenkins and it's not really her and it's taken over her body and wrote this because that's what it feels like. And like, the whole Steve just, Rogers
2: aspect was like a cry for help because it's really just her situation (laughs) right now. Yeah. Like maybe if it were a woman writing this in the eighties, it might be that, but just, I mean, I just feel like that's so it feels off brand for Patty Jenkins, but it also in general with just the, the just how more progressive things are and how much more empowered women are it just feels not in keeping with what a a movie about a female superhero empowered in today's age should be, even though it's in the 80s. But you know what I mean? Like just in the making of it, you feel like that aspect would come through, even in a movie written about the past, you know, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it just it just so much to me feels like a guy, some guy that just is out of touch wrote this and was like, well, how are you going to do the second Wonder Woman? And what you envision, you don't envision Patty Jenkins. You envision this guy going, yeah, man, it's going to be Wonder Woman 1984 because, man, I love all the 80 movies and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're going to take her back to 1984. And you know what? She's not going to have a sword and shield because those aren't hot weapons. Those are guy weapons. So let's give her, let's just, we're just going to have her fighting with the whip almost all the time. Yeah, yeah. I want her to be hot. I want her to use the whip. She's going to have... We're going to have Cheetah in here. But yeah, we're going to have her you know, be happy to walk in high heels and we're going to have a boyfriend come back and she's going to have to choose do I want a man, do I want the man or do I want to be Wonder Woman and it's going to be tough but yeah she'll decide to be Wonder Woman but before that this guy's going to save her a bunch of times because she's losing her powers it'll be awesome and then at the end she's going to beg a guy not to be bad
0: (laughs) yeah and then somehow the first movie was written by three guys and worked better
1: yeah, right. WTF, like, really, like.
0: What happened here?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I just, oh, I just, I mean, whenever this movie first came out and so many people started talking shit about it, and it had great reviews to begin with. Like, the people that got screeners gave it good reviews. It was like in the 80s somethings Certified Fresh, all that shit. And then all the people that didn't get screeners but still report to Rotten Tomatoes, they started watching it, and this thing fucking dive-bombed to the 60s and lost its certified fresh status. And I was like, man, people are just on that bullshit like they were with their first Wonder Woman and with Captain Marvel and all this other stuff. They're just on that bullshit. I bet this movie's nowhere near as bad as people are acting. Nah, my bad. It was. <laughs> I kind of feel like some people undersold it, too, when they're just like, no, I didn't really like it. Man, that's an understatement. This movie fucking sucks. Like, it's not good. Yeah. Like, I just it, it's it's filled with like scene after scene after scene that doesn't necessarily go together. I mean, why the fuck did she turn to that little girl and wink at her and go, "Shh, bitch, you're in the middle of a mall. Everybody's <laughs> right. seeing this. Like, you're not hidden anywhere." Literally everyone in this mall is seeing you right now. Who are you telling (laughs) the shush? Like, damn. Also, real quick. So when her and Steve, like when, you know, when Steve Trevor's like, I'm going to have to go away now so you can be Wonder Woman again. Right. They're in Washington, D.C. when they decide that. Why does she fly slash lightning whip? What seems to be at least 800 miles to go to the (laughs) other side of Washington, D.C. to get that armor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to then do the same thing, or to to fly with the armor to the other side of DC. Also, why was that fight scene at night with Cheetah when, like, all the shit with Pedro Pascal and the wishes and shit was happening during the day? They couldn't even figure <laughs> yeah, out what when, time <laughs> of the day it was,
1: man. Yeah, when he found his son, his son it's was day. like emerged from emerged from trees, and it was daytime. <laughs> What? he emerged from trees <laughs> what 12 minutes had passed <laughs> it was 12 minutes on, yeah, you knew he it emerged. went from dusk yeah, because did.
0: because that was dusk <laughs> that was like late dusk like that was like 7 45 p.m when she fought cheetah why was it one o'clock in the afternoon when he found his son 12 minutes later
1: <laughs> at least make me think it was morning the son could have had a yeah. cup of coffee or something
0: right <laughs> Sun? yeah exactly no that was one o'clock in the afternoon that sun was in the middle of the damn sky
1: <laughs> it was dude you're right I, I saw the sun when he emerged i did and it was all fucking <laughs> high noon the at trees. the okay corral
2: <laughs> right <laughs> it really was though yep and so like, bright and the thing the thing is like I totally, you know, I get the idea, like you were saying, of, you know, her speech at the end about, you know, if we band together as humanity, we can save it. But, and I didn't, I didn't actually mind her speech. Like, I do feel like parts of it were really, were really good about, you know, like, oh, you're not the only person who's lost someone or wishes they could have people back or whatever. I, I didn't mind her speech. But again, it just, it would have worked better if it was towards... Uh, Pascal's character, because again, it's like, you're, you're expecting that all these people in the world, you're expecting the whole world to listen to you before one person who was at least listening to what you were saying. I mean, who knows how long it would have taken to get him there, but like, it just would have made more sense if that speech was to him. You know what I mean? Like, and she could have even thrown in something about like, well, what about your son? Like, if she had probably just mentioned him, it probably would have done something. But she didn't even, you know what I mean? Like, it just, the way that it was executed, as Justin said, it was not executed in an effective way when it could have been. It could have been an effective way. You know, it just, they just did not execute that well at all. So I just wanted to kind of add that into it because that was something else that sort of bothered me. But also it did have, you know, like I said, I did like the element of, you know, what she was saying. The point of what she was saying was good. It was just how she tried to do it and things like that. It would just it didn't work as well as they had hoped it would.
0: You know, when that speech would have worked 2018 when it was probably written.
2: (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. You know, when it doesn't work.
0: Christmas of 2020.
1: <laughs> I know, <Right. laughs> in the middle of a pandemic, where we can't get each other to I mean, cooperate. You're, you're so, yeah. absolutely
0: right, though. Like, in, if but this movie right. came out like in 2019, and you heard that speech, then I probably wouldn't have been that bothered by that speech. Now, the rest of the movie still would have sucked, but I wouldn't have been bothered by that speech. But like, as Jasper pointed just seen out the earlier, the worst of
2: humanity. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just look. I have watched at least four videos today of people bitching about wearing a mask in a store. You're right. me people gonna get rid of that shit. Come on.
2: Twenty twenty has like just we we do not believe humanity can be better at this point.
0: 2020 <laughs> like, has broke Wonder Woman. Like right. seriously. It
1: really did. Because It like, really did. Go
0: back to that fucking controversy at the beginning of the pandemic with that Gal Gadot shit. When she's like getting all the celebrities to sing Imagine. You know, being like, "Yeah, let's just band together." People are all losing their jobs and shit. But she's like, "Hey, guys, let's band together and we'll get through this." And everybody was all <laughs> mad because they're like, "Yeah, you're super out of touch with the world." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course she is. She just filmed that fucking movie. <laughs> Obviously, <Yeah>. nobody connected <laughs> with anything is made had was
1: with that movie." Yeah. And how come nobody went to jail? Were there any consequences for anyone? I mean. We didn't see anybody go to prison. Man, this those man bank robbers. or those, those
0: those robbers at the beginning are the only people that went to jail. Pedro Pascal yeah. killed at least 9,000 people. <laughs> I mean, granted, it might have gotten undone whenever they everybody undid their wishes. I don't know. Because who knows with this movie? It's all inconsistent as fuck. But at least 9,000 people died. And what did he do? He just went. No, nah, I'm in a field with my son right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what, where are what, you? Was, what was the... was a boo Dad, I'm in the trees. Yeah, what was what was the <laughs> fucking <emerged>. cheetah doing?
0: <laughs> Barbara's just sitting on the fucking side of a mountain. They yeah. also didn't come even say what
2: happened to her. Like, I wish I would have known what would have happened to her afterwards. You yeah,
1: know? like... They didn't, they didn't say anything. It was just nothing. Like, you got no sense of any consequences. And they screwed up with the wishes because, I mean, okay, when everybody recants their wish, that should have included the memories of these people. Like, you don't remember anything. Like, Basically, the events are wiped. It's what it should have been. But what it was, was these people still knew that all these things happened. Because remember, the guy was like, Hey, all of those nukes that were on my screen, those active nukes that were about to go up and destroy everything. They're, they're gone, sir. They're disappearing, sir. All the nukes are gone. So everybody remembered the events. Everybody remembered what happened. It was just that those physical (laughs) things were, were being undone. So, I mean, that would still have repercussions. That would, that would still be problematic because all of these people would just be going around going, remember that day when <laughs> Egypt had a wall the size of hell <laughs> grew and remember that day that all these nukes were headed towards us and remember that when <laughs> people were dropping dead because people were wishing for <laughs> it, that wouldn't cause any problems afterwards? I know, because well, <laughs> honestly,
2: it should less it should bring less unity because it's like, okay, if this is what they're wishing for, this is probably what they're working towards on their own, and we should be worried in the future about what's going to happen with some of these things, you know?
0: Exactly. I mean, but there's all kinds of things. Like, somebody wished for a million dollars, so they had a million dollars. What if they went out and bought a car and all this shit? Did that car disappear? Like, what what are the ramifications of some of that stuff? What if they're just, like, driving along the highway and all of a sudden the fucking car disappears, and they just road rash their face off and they're dead? (laughs) That's true. But like, but on top of that, like, but what, like I said, what if somebody wasn't, what if somebody made a wish was like, I wish I had a Camaro and then went and gotten that Camaro and started driving, they wouldn't have even heard her say, Hey, recant your wish. (laughs)
2: renounce it people renounce yeah, it they could
0: they they wouldn't have even known to renounce it because i'm not gonna lie if i did that i would have <laughs> probably got like a motley crew cassette tape and i would have just been blaring that not listening to the radio and i wouldn't have known to renounce exactly. my wish Is somehow for,
2: the whole world did hear her and then yeah. the whole
0: world would have still died because this one fucker didn't hear it like right. what about <laughs> that woman that was dying when she was like i wish people like you would get rounded up and he was like i wish you would die She's dying of a fucking heart attack. How is she renouncing <laughs> she <can't> re- shit? <laughs> she
2: can't renounce anything, yeah. <laughs> no, actually. <can't>
0: she is <laughs> dead in there performing CPR on her. She can't renounce a damn thing.
2: <laughs> oh. I'm and so also weird. that wish kind of also went slower than than the others because he's like i wish you would drop dead and she hadn't died and it had been at least a couple hours i think yeah so that one also went slower than everybody else i don't know it could have
0: been it could have been a couple of hours it could have been a week and a half it could have been five minutes no one knows in this movie (laughs) because it's a bunch of shit and there's no connection there's no connecting points at any point in time in this movie (laughs) i mean how long did Did this movie take place you could say- Five million years. You could say two days. You could say 27 years. I can't say either one of them are wrong.
2: <laughs> did it ever so actually true. say what his son's wish was? Like, what did his son wish for?
0: His son, he said, I wish for your power. But it's, did he get the power? Or was he wishing that his dad had more power? Who knows? Because that didn't do a damn thing, even though it did the okay. wish granted wind gust.
2: <laughs> yeah. which it is granted, a clear sign that the wish has been granted wish,
0: but who knows <laughs> there's no evidence of it but it did everything else that's I mean it really was it's like it's like they made a cake batter and they poured it into the cake pan and they put it in the oven and it's preheated and they put it in the oven and they set the timer and the timer goes off and then they pull out nothing like there's just nothing in the cake tin. They did all the steps to make a cake, but a cake never happened.
2: And this might be like super nitpicky, but I mean, did Wonder Woman, like, did she really specifically even like wish for that? She was more just like, I know what I would wish for. But that's the thing. Everyone else had to be like, I wish. No, you're absolutely right.
0: They broke the rules with her too, because she was the one person that didn't say it out loud. Right. She was touching the stone. She said, I know what I would wish for. And then she smiled a little bit and then put it down. Yeah. So maybe that's why her wish took nine years. It was kind of incomplete. Maybe. is because it's like the things like, man, you you broke the rules, but we still have a movie to make. So it'll happen. (laughs) Just not like everybody else's.
2: Right. Yeah. That's I mean, I want to know what
0: the consequences are for the guy that said, I wish for a cup of coffee. So he got his (laughs) cup of coffee, but you're telling me he's going to lose whatever is most precious in his life. So, like, he got a <laughs> cup of coffee. So, you're going to take, like, his wife is dead. His wife is now dead because he got a cup of coffee. Or oh, the no.
2: guy who wished a good a
0: good meeting. Yeah, I wish you had a good meeting. <laughs> okay. Like, what happened to him? Is he, like, sterile now? Like, his dream of having kids is gone?
2: <laughs> yeah. What is the, like, how do you balance and weigh these things, you know?
0: But that's the thing. Is So, once Pedro... So once Maxwell Lord became the Dreamstone or whatever the fuck it's called, it's like whatever negative thing he said would be the other end is what became. So even then, the rules of the stone changed when he became the stone. Once again, inconsistent.
1: Right. How did he even know about the damn stone? All they said was, oh, he's been tracking this down for months. Well, how did he know? Who told him about this? Who, how did he know about this? How did right. he know that this would happen? <laughs> he you
0: know, got you're, it. You're, you're right, Justin. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Know? Who knows? <laughs> it was a stone that was lost to like history. And he's just like, nah, I know about it. You know? Oh, and another knew.
2: thing, a- another thing I noticed that bothered me was like, um, you know, before Barbara, you know, makes her wish or gets her powers or whatever. And like that guy comes up to her and is basically trying to assault her. And then Diana comes up as she like, you know, gets rid of him, beats him up, whatever. Or, you know, something happened to him.
0: Just not. But then Diana
2: just, yeah, like, but then Diana just walks away. She's like, well, I hope you get home safe. (laughs) She just left her there and walked (laughs) away. Like,
0: what? (laughs) What kind of superhero is it? She just goes, yeah, you almost got raped here. But don't worry, I'm sure you won't get raped again somehow, like down the line. You're
2: good, right? Okay, cool. This, you know, this guy, I don't know, something happened. But uh, anyway, you're good? Cool. All right, I'm going to leave now. Like, just also, left
0: after there. What is the deal with Washington, D.C., where there's like a rapist on every street corner at one point? They're all just <laughs> sitting there just going, yeah, we're scummy people. And it was just every street corner like every street corner of was like yeah i'm this block scumbag
2: <laughs> but again that was just like such a weird thing because like i get that you know she wouldn't want to reveal her identity as wonder woman or whatever but it's just like even just like walking with her out of that area where she got assaulted you know she's just like are you okay all right well, yeah have a good night like what? What? and that was the perfect
0: <laughs> setup for doing something like that then goes hey I'll walk you to the office. You know, us girls got to stick together. That's that cliche right. line that's in all the movies like this. That would have worked. It just would have been a fine little line. Right. If she could have just walked her to the office and then gone, all right, I'll leave you here. Like anything. Also, like, why did Wonder Woman, who, like you said, didn't want to be, like, known to other people. Like, why didn't she, like, why couldn't she just hit that guy? Why did she have to knock him back 57 feet?
2: Yeah. Just, like, a do a, do a why quick, couldn't she, like. punch her yeah walk
0: up just punch him (laughs) knock him the fuck out and then she could have been like oh what's that and she goes oh you know self-defense that's way more plausible in that situation than oh you just threw that guy halfway across the world (laughs) right (laughs) like oh my god this movie (laughs) seriously every good thing that wonder woman did this one actively destroyed
2: yeah yeah
0: it went out wow. of its way to ruin everything about cinematic Wonder Woman. It did not even have <laughs> the theme in a cool space. We talked I about mean, that, Justin. We talked about that when you were talking about the Superman theme. And, I, you know, I brought up uh, the Darth Vader. And, like, think about it. Like, those iconic themes. Like, think about that fucking Jurassic Park theme. You know, whenever they see the, the, the dinosaurs and saw...
1: Doo, doo, doo.
0: it's all fucking awesome and we even brought up this wonder woman theme and i was thinking about my history with this wonder woman theme and i remember when they showed it in the trailer and they did that theme and i was like man that's fucking dumb and then i saw it in the movie and i was like man that's dumb and then they did it again in wonder woman i was like man that's dumb but then i was thinking about it and i'm like that's one of the few times in a modern movie i've heard a theme and i knew exactly who it was for and then i was like no you know what it works it works because it does exactly what it is. You hear that theme and you're like, fuck, that's Wonder Woman. You know, Hans Zimmer, if you go back and like listen to the score of Batman versus Superman or Justice League, all these characters actually probably have a theme because Hans Zimmer yeah. is a very good film composer. So yeah. they all have right. themes because that's what you do. She's the only one that has a recognizable theme. And they didn't even really have that in this movie. They did, but they changed it so much that it's not impactful. And yeah, then going back to what I did all. at the beginning of the movie, name a fucking 80s song in this movie. Right. They had that one random song at that party that Steve Trevor comes to, like, whenever she finds that he's back. But it was the most generic song in the world. I can't even tell you what it was.
2: Right. You're telling it me you can't have out. some
0: tears for fears or something going on? <laughs> you know i mean and it is it's Durant a bummer Durant. too
2: yeah it's it's just a bummer too that like it was the way that steve comes back is so distracting that you you can't really enjoy the fact that he's back <laughs> it's really upsetting because chris pine and you know i was re-watching the first one before i saw this second one and chris pine is he's a really good actor i think he's very yeah. good and, like, just the moments, like, everything in his face that he does. Like, he's he's such a good actor with how he delivers lines, just the expression on his face. He's so good. He's so good. And in this movie, you can't enjoy even the little moments of what he did. Like, he was funny. I think he was very amusing with his whole, like, I have no idea what anything in the modern world at the time is. And, like, the excitement of, oh, my gosh, look at this plane. And, like... You, you can't really enjoy that even for too long because you're just like, the way you came back is dumb and problematic, like we were saying. And, you know, and he's honestly not even, he's in it enough, but he's not really in it all that much. You know what I mean? Like, but it just, it just distracts. Like the, the way the story is written for how he comes back, like, it's just, it's so messed up and dumb. In general, that like you can't enjoy his character being in this movie, you know?
1: Yeah. Because that thought is just hanging in the back of your head. And you're right. Like, I liked the reverse fish out of water that they did with them. That, to me, wasn't a bad idea. Because it was kind of cool. Because, you know, in the first movie, it was her that was the fish out of water. Then they switched it. And it was kind of neat because now she's been in the world and he isn't adept to the modern world. I like that. I thought that that was actually a good idea, but you're right. Like I said, for every idea that I like, I was twisted tea canned in the face with just (laughs) something like that or thinking, what is this guy? Does this guy not have a job? You know, does this guy have family that cares about him? How come nobody cares about him? Or you know, like like Sterling was saying, one minute he's like, "Oh my god, an escalator! Oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing in the world!" And then he's like, "Yeah, I can fly this jet. (laughs) Yeah, no problem." You know, well, and it's also because
0: they spent two minutes having him
1: adjust. Yeah, yeah, that too. (laughs) It was two minutes,
2: (laughs) and also like even his transition of like. it's like there was no time for him to adjust to be like, what's happening? Why am I in this body? How did he know where to find wonder woman when he came back? Like, how was any of this? Yeah. How (laughs) just any of it? How he's like, I woke up in
0: this body and I happen to come to this party. You're in fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: It's just (laughs) like, how does that happen? And it doesn't, even if they had done a scene of like him adjusting or realizing what's happened and being like, I have to find Diana or something, you know, but it just, it doesn't even do that. And it's like, okay, so it's just, it feels just so random, you know?
0: Oh, man. Every time I think we're done, there's just something else. I know. I feel, it's just, I
1: feel like we got most of it now. <laughs> yeah. there's just, I mean, at the end of the movie, she says so many things. And I mean... God, that was the perfect quote to end on, because that is a summation of what is wrong with this movie. So many damn things. So many things.
0: (laughs) I mean, we even kind of broke our format because we just kept listing shit. Yeah, we did like a collective of what we hated. We just went, yeah, we all hated the same shit. So we're just going to talk about it and go. Right. (laughs) I mean, I just hated it more than you guys. That's all it ended up being. You know, we all hated the same shit. None of us liked anything. So yeah, there was... Like, it's one of those things really that's like... really good to talk about. There's the, we, we did not have a single thing where it was like, man, I hated this. And one of you guys went, actually, no, I like that part. Nah, nothing.
2: <laughs> it just, the, it yeah, we all agreed the me.
0: only good thing was Pedro. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I'm, you know, I'm just... I'm more just pessimistic than you guys. That's what it boiled down to. Is we all hated the same shit. I just, since I'm an angry fuck, hate it more. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like I'm deeply bothered by this movie. Deeply. I mean, I kind of disturbs like your I need what to would go, be soul if you thought you had one. <laughs> like I feel like I need to go watch Batman versus Superman to go back to a simpler time. <laughs>
1: man, dude. <laughs>
0: man <laughs> like just go back to pre wonder woman dc to forget the damage that this did and and i'm saying that just because at least with batman versus superman i didn't know how good it could get now that i do i yearn for the days that i didn't just because this is so bad <laughs> yeah yep
2: although the only slight disagreement that i have with you Sterling is I actually did enjoy that opening scene with like the games, the Asteria games or whatever it was they were doing. Uh, I actually thought that was, what's that?
0: I just said, yeah, sure. When you said Asteria games.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I actually thought that that was a really cool opening. Like it, it kind of at least drew me in immediately at that part, but that was probably the most interesting part of the movie as far as action
0: goes, if you will. I mean the thing I'll say about that scene is when it happened I didn't necessarily have a problem with it then. I had a problem with it further into the movie when I'm just like no that's part of the problem with this movie is it's just a bunch of random bullshit. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. like it was a great attention grabber. It was a great, you know, it was it, it was a nice scene and it was nice to go back to um the amazons and see them and stuff like that it was nice to yeah. see something like that but how come the theme of diana you you cheated and you got to do things truthfully and fairly why wasn't that a recurring theme why didn't they try to make that more meaningful and i mean i guess in a way they they were saying she was cheating by the the guy she was cheating this guy from a life because she's with Trevor and with Steve Trevor and she's losing her powers and that's the shortcut. Man, but it, they gave but I'm zero stretching. fucks
0: about that other guy. Zero yeah. fucks.
1: That had they, zero they to
0: do with their decision. Yeah, for Steve Trevor to yeah. go away.
1: True. And they and if it and even if that was what they were going for, they didn't say it. And there were no consequences, so I'm even stretching it, trying to make this narrative connect, and you shouldn't have to. It should have all connected. That should have been a reoccurring thing about this cheating or, you know, taking shortcuts. And it just really did not mesh with the rest of the movie at all. And that is unfortunate because, like, I agree with you, Heather. I thought it was a good scene, but it didn't go with anything. Like, sterling
0: well, is saying like i said yeah it, it connected to to maxwell lord that's the problem yeah, it, is it connected to yeah. him and he didn't learn that lesson he wasn't yeah, at I'm, the hysteria games
2: <laughs> i mean i guess you <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess you could like argue that her you know taking the shortcut was bringing back someone from the dead and like that's not how that works but that's not—it's not the vibe that the really the rest of the movie had. So yeah. it would well, be—it's—it's it's not clear, you but know. With
0: this movie, that yeah. actually could have been it. But I will also argue against that just for the sheer fact that there's not really a long way to bring somebody back from the dead either, though. So to call it a <laughs> shortcut is kind yeah. of weird. <laughs> it wasn't that's like true. she was like yeah. going the long way to bring him back, and she went ah, oh, no, I could just use the dreamstone. Like, to be fair to Wonder Woman and Steve, there wasn't a long way to that, though, also.
2: Yeah. But, unless it's supposed to be like cheating time or, y- you know, I don't know. But I get what you're saying. No, and that's true. Exactly. But, but yeah. you're
0: absolutely right. That could have been their point. But they fucked yeah. it up so bad that y-
1: you don't know if it was.
2: It's too convoluted for you to know. Yeah.
1: hmm. Yep and they never, they never really cross that. They just don't do it. And I think that is it. You know, I think it was she was shortcutting with this whole thing with Steve, but it just doesn't, it's not the right way to do that. That was not the right way to word it. it you was got to try they so hard to call it a shortcut though. <laughs> I know you do. Like it's you a get, stretch because the narrative you, just didn't give you anything. You they cheated, to Diana. we re- try reconnect that.
0: You didn't actually learn necromancy like you should have to bring him back. you used dream (laughs) magic instead (laughs) consequences right it's yeah i mean you didn't dedicate yourself to the dark arts
2: (laughs) right it's but it's just also that same convoluted like it makes sense that the reason she was losing her powers is because she made that wish but because of how they play out the story that's why I was confused as to why she was losing her powers. I really thought it was because the stronger that Barbara got with those powers, the less strong Diana became with them. Because you know, that's just kind of how the story played out.
0: And honestly, th- I would have preferred that <laughs> over the bullshit they gave yeah. us. I would have preferred I actually that. Like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, and it's, and you could have tied it into the fact that because of her bringing Steve back, that. It was that distraction with the mindset it put her in that allowed the magic to transfer it to Barbara. So once she gives up Steve, she could focus more on being Wonder Woman and it could break the magical spell that Barbara was doing. So that's why that would have broke Barbara's wish. So that's what allowed her to get a second wish. You could fix some elements in there very easily. But nope. Yeah. They didn't want to do that because that would have (laughs) required them to think for 30 more fucking seconds. God forbid they do that with this movie (laughs) or hire an editor (laughs) or yeah just hire someone to cut 45 minutes out of this movie and that's the thing is like like I said this is two hours and 45 minutes long and they could have easily cut out 45 minutes and it's like what 45 minutes would you cut and I'm like honestly if I was the one cutting it shit I would have cut at least an hour and a half out like I would have streamlined the fuck out this movie just cutting shit left and right. They'd have been like, what about this scene? Nah, cut it. And they were like, well, we didn't even say what scene it is yet. Now, what would have gone, I don't give a shit. Just cut it already. <laughs> Whatever scene you're talking about, cut it. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else. I just, and also like, why have it be in the 80s? There was nothing about this that needed to be the 80s. Because like we were talking about, they didn't have any 80s music. They kind of just had some 80s clothes. But like, they didn't do anything that's just truly like, fuck, that's the 80s. You know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah man fuck this movie you guys got anything else can we just be done with it can we just say we're done i think yes, i please. think we're good yeah i yes, don't want to think about this movie. we have thought more about this movie tonight than anybody did making it <laughs> i know and you know what that's not fair it's not why am i putting more energy into this movie than anyone did making it
2: minus pedro pascal because he put a lot minus of energy pedro
0: He he was running marathons. Everybody else (laughs) was fucking jogging on a treadmill. That motherfucker was running Olympic marathons. He he was like,
2: keep up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the Internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or on Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we are cinema underscores cinema underscore cinema cinema underscore fuck cinema underscore slayers fuck me i cannot talk now i have been talking (laughs) so much it's also super late we've gone for over three hours at this point now uh leave us a rating and review i'm not even gonna say the rest of the shit i typically say on that do it that'd be great tell a friend tell your mother maybe not tell your mother moms don't like me but tell a friend tell somebody (laughs) about this let us know what you thought about wonder woman in soul uh, Moon Knight Best Picture winner, according to Jasten. Boy.
1: <laughs> so many things. So many things. So many things wrong with Wonder Woman. Part three better be way better than this.
0: Well, apparently, they like already a- greenlit it. Yep.
2: I feel like our theme song is more 80s than any song in the movie.
0: I just I don't know what that was. They had that one song at that party and I was like, all right, it sounds like an 80s song and there's words at it, but I don't know what song it is.